Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Hey, what's up, guys? Brett Griffin here, Door Bumper Clear. We have a huge show today. A longtime friend of mine, Blake Shelton, is joining us. Who knows where this conversation will go? Plus, we'll cover everything from two nights uh, in Daytona with Wild Blocks, some of which guests on our show benefited from, some of which uh, we did not benefit from. Big crashes. Jimmy Johnson misses a playoff. Crazy freaking show. Let's roll. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brett Griffin. Hey, me too now. This is Freddie Kraft. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. New leader. Oh, watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Go low. Go low. Clear. Bring it home. Three wide. Coming to the line. Door. Bumper. Clear. Hey, everybody. I'm TJ Majors. Part of the 22 Cup car. Extremely full house today. Right, Griffin spotter for Clint. Boyer, he's French now. <laughs> What's up? Freddie Kraft spotted for Bubba Wallace, 43 car, and we got our still very pregnant host Casey's with us. Wearing a choker today. Yes. <laughs> it's a sh- I, I feel like see me. They got, they're going to see you in the videos that get posted. Yeah. Jason does like 13 I a know. week now. He, he loves does. us that much. <sighs> well, yes. So, so it's like with your pregnant. black hair hanging Whoever? over the choker and the white in the middle, like I feel like you're, you're about to I mean, start a prayer for us. I don't know what us. to tell you. Should I? Yes. Oh, easy. Whoa, easy. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys are so inappropriate. The show has started off on the wrong foot again, even before then. You guys are We didn't do nothing. We're just sitting here. <laughs> I've heard about the I've heard about these kind of video conferences on uh, on on podcasts. <laughs> you probably what's those two girls, Freddie? Oh uh, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. What's them two girls on don't, the on the bar Don't act like one? you don't know. Call her daddy. Don't oh. act oblivious. Yeah. You're the one Casey, who's probably watching. Is this is this a version of Call Her Daddy? The pregnant Call Her Daddy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> is that really a podcast? Yeah. Oh, boy. It's a barstool. You've not heard it? Brett no, probably no. watches it all the time. The only chick one I've heard of was oh, like three, two, three years ago. You were like, man, you got to listen to these girls oh, get yeah, stuck the in ones. a snowstorm or something. Yeah, the oh, yeah, with the UTI. <laughs> yeah, those chicks. What? Yeah. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. We're just going to be stuck inside. Oh, yeah. Then it, oh, then I feel this coming out. Like, no. <laughs> what in the hell? <laughs> TJ, I forgot about that. So clearly yeah. you all have watched it. Oh, oh yeah. You can't watch a podcast, Casey. Yeah, just but, uh, okay, sorry. Listen, one. I'm sorry. We have faces for radios, okay. and yet Jason just puts us on camera more and more. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, boy. That Jason has been cranking some videos out. I said that to Brett the other day. I'm like, man, this guy used to do 
We used to have like one video a week. Now we got one a day sending yeah. us. Hey, we put another video out. Can well, they finally realized. TJ doesn't get those messages, but I the know. rest of us do. I get plenty of messages. <laughs> Most of them are hate messages from your fans. <laughs> oh, there's plenty of those. And, and you know you know when they start? It's like lap one of the race for you. <laughs> no, it starts before that. It starts yeah, I don't. Need, it's it honestly is throughout the week. Every time we say something about Joey and TJ, I mean, it doesn't Twitter matter. Is, we can get blasted by a guy and get hit into another car. Are we talking about this later? I'm sure. Yeah. Yes, okay. Sure. Yeah, and it, it doesn't yeah. matter. You. It oh, matter. it's great. I will admit, I was watching the show or watching the race, and every time Joey was by like Clint or Bubba, I was like. Ooh, I wonder what's going to happen that we could talk about. Well, Clint doesn't. And Clint's a, never I mean, fails. We, we, uh, Clint was a fellow Ford. Um, you know, <laughs> um, Clint's a Ford guy, so we were looking for Clint a lot during the race, uh, even though he was non-existent in the first two stages there. He's I finished good. In the, I think I finished third in the second stage. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Mister non-existent was up front, dog. Yeah. Well, no, the guy I was up front actually. How'd that work out for you later? <laughs> Uh, yep. And then, well, same by same as this yep. for you. Yeah, I got punted by the same guy. Uh, yeah. I got dennied. I don't think, I, well, we'll talk about it later. We will? Yeah. Well, yeah. well, on that note, how, how was Daytona? What, Terrible. You guys Can we think? just talk about Darlington? No, no, I actually, Freddie, just because you said that, I want to know what, how was your Daytona? It's pretty good. I was leading coming to the checker in Friday's race. Your Daytona race sucked all around. got ran over. <laughs> how can you say it's pretty uh, good? You suck at blocking compared to TJ. <laughs> yeah, you uh, need to learn how to block. You know, near my level. Then, then was <laughs> So leading coming to the checker there, get run over, wreck. Leak, passing for the lead coming to the white on Saturday, wreck. So it was pretty much just as bad as as bad as it could possibly look go. At the, look at the good side, though. We were tied for DBC picks, and you, you helped me win the race. So thanks. Yeah. Yeah, we. Uh, so Freddie, Freddie looks at me. You know, I don't know if you saw TJ, but Freddie was running up front, and all of a sudden, man, he's fading and he's way off the pace. And I look down there at him, and I just like hold my hands up and shrug my shoulders, like, "What's wrong?" And he does, you know, the I'm, I'm blowing up sign. Yeah. So is that when you pulled low? People yeah, don't know I what blowing that. up sign is. Basically, hold your fist out, put them together, and then shoot Break. them straight up in the Break air like hands. something's like, breaking. Yeah. yeah, right. Like you're breaking a stick. That means I'm blowing up. Is, is spotter. Uh, sign language broke. broke so then my sign language back to freddie was my middle finger i was like you <laughs> you just ruined my dbc pick guy um and then so i tell Clint, i'm like and I'm, I'm depressed about it. i'm like well watch this 43 he's blowing up next thing you know here comes bubba back i was like inside 43 so i guess his blowing up got fixed I was like, <laughs> yeah yes. i saw they had a, thankfully uh, some kind of fuel pump issue and we just I it jammed the, the lineup a little bit. Yeah, everyone started checking up, and I was like, "Ah, forty three has got an issue or something." We we had Bubba had just said like I don't know four or five less before that. He's like, "Something's going on with the fuel pressure." He said, "It spikes and then it drops." He goes, "There's something going on." So I went down and told Frank Denny because uh, Ricky was behind us. Yeah, and I said, "Hey, I said just have him." Bubba says the car's running fine. He thinks maybe the gauge is screwy. He said, "I said just have let Ricky know because if this thing shuts off, you know, I don't want to get ran over." And uh, I've never sure, seen Ricky do that. Sure, play yeah, sure enough, <laughs> like five laps later, he's like, uh, uh, it's something's wrong. It's breaking. I'm like, all right, get to the bottom. And we bail out of line there. But we still stacked them up a little bit. But it was, yeah, it was actually got it wasn't terrible, but there was like some opportunity there. Someone wasn't paying attention oh, to, to get run over. But I got to tell you this, TJ. So Steve marked all spots for Daniel Suarez. You know, we all in stage two are saving fuel. Yeah. So all of us Fords, TJ included, myself included. And Bubba actually is, is in this pack, too. Um 
we're not running 100%. Well, we don't want the Chevrolets to catch us because we all want stage points. Well, obviously, William Byron and Jimmy Johnson aren't in that first pack, so they're not going to have a chance to get stage points. But at the rate they're picking us off, they're going to catch us. So Doug, who spots for uh, Matt D. Benedetto, nailed it. 21 car, he goes down there, and he's screaming at Barkdahl. But he basically was like, Barkdahl, you're not leading fast enough. So yesterday, Barkdahl texts our group, and he's like, hey, I just want to apologize for not leading the race fast enough. And Barkdahl has been doing this for 100 years. (laughs) Oh, my god! His dad raced in the Cup Series back in the day. If you Google that, you can see some really good wrecks. Um, But anyway... (laughs) Um, so, so Mark, I was like, in my 112-year career, I've never been fussed at for leading too slow. I couldn't believe it. So we, we, we broke. We went all the way to last. So then we're, we got hooked up with Corey and somebody else, and we're, and we're just in a line running the pack back down. I'm told Bubba, I'm like, a lot of them guys up there are saving fuel. But I didn't realize how hard they were saving. We catch the pack, and Bubba just runs to the top of one and two, and we drove by the entire pack, like from last to third yeah. in like a lap. Oh, yeah. like – Wow, I guess they're saving pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, we saved really hard from the beginning. Um, but the the handful of them guys blew by everybody. And, uh, you know, the 96 got up there and led, what do you lead, like 19 laps? Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Something like no, that. Nobody but, wanted hey, to lead. But, hey, man, great for them. We got, I mean, perfect scenario for them to get up there and lead some laps. Um, I don't know what their fuel situation was, but uh, that was their strategy. Yeah. So get up there and do it, man. The only- <laughs> Jason, Maya. Jason's in. Uh, he's behind me, pointing at his watch. I think he wants us to hurry up because we got a big name we coming got 10 on. Ten minutes. Who's we, coming on? Blake Shelton is coming on. People he is. We got ten yeah. more minutes. Jason is on today. Right? So, he was yelling at Freddie earlier. Who was? Well, because Jason. They, so we're scheduled to do the show at ten thirty, and there is literally a monsoon going on outside. Yes. I, yeah. And. Yeah. I don't know if you know this about me, but I punch a pretty big hole in the air, and I catch a lot of rain. Yeah, you were a lot wetter than I was when <laughs> you I came I told in. you, man. TJ's the only one that had any kind of intelligence, had a damn umbrella in his car, I guess. So, I so it must have been your wife. So I'm laying in <laughs> my bed. I'm laying in bed Thursday night. I get a text from Blake, and he's like, how's your podcast going? I was like, man, it's going great. You know, we're, we're doing. Why is he texting you in bed? We're doing a deal. I was in bed. He's on the West Coast. <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. The next thing yeah. he asked me is, what, what are you wearing? <laughs> I wait till I tell you what he was wearing last night. Um, so, so I get the text. Well, well, how's your podcast going? Next thing I get is, I want to come on the show, and I was like, all right. And I sent these the screenshots to Jason. I'm like, I mean, it, I guess any Monday works. And Blake's like, I want to come on this Monday. So I don't know what his agenda is, but he wants to come on here for something. Because I know, it, I know it ain't good. He's known about this podcast for four years. I've never asked him to come on because I don't want to do that to a good friend, right? But obviously, I'd love to have him on here. He's a huge race fan. I met him about 18, 19 years ago at a Hank Williams Jr. concert. He's since been to Texas, Talladega, New Hampshire, Indianapolis, Texas Motor Speedway. He's been to seven or eight tracks. And he usually tries to get to one a year if he can. Obviously, this has been a weird year. Uh, but but a huge a huge shout-out to him before he gets on here because we are so f- popular, people, that the Blake Sheltons of the world are calling us and asking us to come Just on our begging show. begging to get on here. I remember I mean, that New Hampshire trip. Uh, that went well for you. Oh, that's bad. I'm pretty sure you ended up on TMZ that day. I did end up on TMZ. <laughs> I did it. So he he comes into New Hampshire. That's and, twice you've been on and TMZ. We're, we're at the O right there in Concord, New Hampshire, having dinner in a private room. And he looks at me and goes, "Man, I want to sing karaoke somewhere." And I was like, "Oh, okay, all right. Well, give me a hot minute." So I go outside and I'm like, "Hey, where do I find karaoke?" This is a true story. To go down there to the Chinese restaurant 
and go to the basement. Yeah. And I'm like, the basement of a Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. They're like, yep, huge karaoke going on right now. So I walk in. I tell the lady, I'm like, hey, I got a, I got a guy I want to bring in here. Here's a $100 tip. Um, I want him to go next. She's like, I don't, I don't take tips. I'm like, okay, how about $200 tip? I want him to go next. I don't take tips. I said, how about if it's Blake Shelton? She said, he's next. I said, I, I'm keeping my $200, lady, because I offered to be nice, and you were not being nice. Anyway, he comes rolling in, and as soon as he rolls in, you know, people's camera phones go nuts. Next thing you know, my fat ass is propped up on TMZ the next day, standing behind him while singing karaoke. That, uh, that Chinese, that's, that's not the only Chinese restaurant there that turns into stuff. Nah. That, you know, there's the one over by the Nat. The well, Naswa. Yeah, it's a It turns into a full-blown club. Yeah, club. So, interesting ways up that way. Yeah, I'm sure Freddie's never been there. No, I don't. I, I usually just go to bed at night. TJ, do you know that? Uh, Notice that Freddie rolled up in a Toyota today. You think that's foreshadowing for next year? <laughs> I was wondering where you got that new car. Hey, you know, it wow, is what it is. And no wonder you parked right next to the door too. Huh? Well, VIP. I, I didn't. If I didn't park next to the door, I'd be drowning in the parking lot right now. <laughs> you wouldn't come in. I was not. I told him I was going to zoom from the parking lot. I was, I'll just Man, zoom in from this one. That thing have Wi-Fi in it now and stuff too. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just, uh, mine had a Chevy emblem on it. I don't know what the hell car you guys saw. All BS aside, I know we like to have fun on this show. This only reason I do this show because I don't have fun. I wouldn't come do it, despite the fact that Davis has given me a huge raise. I don't know. Did he give he got they give you guys a raise yet? I thought I didn't tell you. You guys oh. get paid? Yeah. Um. What? <laughs> uh, we got two buddies, man, on the roof. Joel Edmonds, who spots for Eric Amarola. Kevin Hamlin, who spots for Alex Bowman. Uh, troopers, man, uh, lost their lost both lost their mothers last week. And uh, I had my mom have a stroke the morning of the Daytona 500, and I, I barely got through that race. So I don't know how in the world these guys did it. Uh, but a shout-out to them guys. Love those guys to death, man. Uh, uh, just, I mean, we've all had to go through hard circumstances, but I don't think there can be anything harder than losing your mom and then having to show up. So uh, I, I shared it on Twitter. Freddie shared it on Twitter. TJ doesn't tweet anymore because you guys are so mean to him. Uh, I but tweeted it, but, about Kevin. I I did tweet about Kevin. Yeah, if you if you get a chance, uh, just shoot those guys a message, man. Because despite what you guys think, we do read every message. I try to click like on every message that I read, just to let you know that I, it doesn't mean I like you or like it's your either, tweet. It's either like it or just, block. It's, it's one just, or the other. Yeah, oh, I block a lot this week. A lot of sensitive people out there who I don't get. They're sensitive, but they follow me. Well, here's what my problem with you blocking all these people are. Then they tweet at me asking me to get you to unblock them. So, like, that's not going to happen. So, don't I like stop when asking. They, I like when they screenshot it and send it in. <laughs> blocked. Blocked. There's a whole album of people that do that. Oh, man. A whole yeah. bunch of people. And then Brett calls them out. Well, I give them a chance to, to defend their <laughs> pansy-ass point of view, and then they really can't, and then they start calling me names and they get blocked. He's such a Last I week. don't know, man. I don't know if you always give a chance. Some people, I think, just get blocked. <laughs> I don't think you always give I feel a chance. Like some of the people so... that I've seen that have no. screenshotted that, are probably like, oh. That's not true. <laughs> he was so bad last week. I showed him something somebody said. He unblocked them for a second, tweeted something at him, and then reblocked them. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's going to another level when you got to unblock them, tweet them, and then block them again. Get you some. I, I don't even know where. Actually, I did. I did block somebody a couple weeks ago. For everybody who block or it gets blocked by Brett, if you just send it to one of us, if it's good enough, we'll send it to Brett. So don't worry. Oh, He'll see it one way or another. Hey, maybe if you get better at that on the track, <laughs> right on <know>. Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. All right. Well, before we get started, let's hear more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. Hi, we're OfferPad. The new way homes are sold. 
Go to offerpad.com, tell us about your home, and we'll send you a great purchase offer. Or if that's not your style, we can also list your home with tons of free OfferPad services, free handyman fixes, house cleaning, yard work, and more to get your home show ready. We can even advance renovation costs to maximize your home's value. Whatever way you want to sell, you're sold with OfferPad. Sell your way today at OfferPad.com. Looks like Blake's actually calling us right now. How about you answer the phone? Is Gwen having to talk you through how to do this? Did you hear? <laughs> no, but I figured somebody smarter was in the room. She was over there. Let me show you how to <laughs> Blake Shelton is in the house, literally. Not in your house, but you're in the house. Why? You don't think this looks like my house? No, this is not how you would decorate a house. I've seen your house. Wait, wait a minute. That is my pink couch <laughs> and my dress. <laughs> cover that We'll cover that during the show if we need to. Here's what I'm most upset about. You you and I FaceTime. It was 1 o'clock my time in the morning. I had had several shots of Fireball. You When when you answered the phone, though, you were wearing a shirt with bananas all over it. Where Where's that shirt at? I, I almost, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go put that on here in a second because uh, <laughs> that needs to be on TV or whatever this is. So I said, Blake, why are you wearing this shirt? What, what did you say back? Ever since – Oh, I said this. This shit is bananas. The A and A and A S. Since since I've started seeing Gwen, uh, I get a lot of gifts that are like you know bananas, shirts with bananas on them, and you know things like that. Socks with bananas on them. TJ has a banana fetish, and he what he does, Blake, is he takes pictures of guys while they're eating bananas. It is the most awkward thing that I've ever seen happen on the spotter stand. And for some reason, he's been doing it for a decade. I haven't done it in a long time. But I, li- listen, it all started with this this guy, our buddy of ours, Kevin Hamlin, and he was I don't, you know, I don't even want to <laughs> – I mean, he enjoyed that banana. Is that so. not weird to you, though, Blake? Does that sound weird? I just – it's not only weird. It's not only weird to – to watch a guy eat a banana, just to, to scan the crowd looking and hoping to find somebody eating a banana, but then to go the extra mile and take a photo of it. Well, what if, what your, if I went two miles and got a video? Keeping your collection. I do got a good collection. I don't know what it means. What are you doing? Are you in L.A. right now? Yeah, we. Uh, I've actually been here uh, – for about three days, we were working on The Voice. We we're filming the uh, battle rounds. We shot the blinds in. Uh, we shoot the blind last month, I guess, and uh, it, which was odd because obviously we're just like you guys. There was no audience, uh, but they had like the the virtual wall of, of people watching, you know, from across the country. And uh, but I actually enjoyed it better because it was just. You could listen to singers better without the, the the crowd in there, and you could get your insults to the other coaches, you know, without being stepped on by applause, and really land those jokes, you know. Do you have to study all week of of how you're going to insult these people? Because you're you're pretty good at insulting these people. Usually, they just, I mean, they're just so bad at it that they just hand you these nuggets, you know, that any. 
anybody could go, Oh, you shouldn't have said that. You know, <laughs> Kelly's good. Kelly's good though with the, she's always dropping the, you know, creepy uncle jokes on me. And there's, it's really hard to come back from those because once, once you've been exposed as a creepy old guy, it's hard to ever redeem it because it's on you now. Like calls you that, it's on you, and you can't get yeah, it. Yeah, you, you're stuck you with that. that. She's got a big personality. I could see her giving you your run for your money. Oh, she does, and and she loves. You know, I'm constantly finding myself in some kind of a controversy or or turmoil on social media. It's a, it's a <laughs> weekly for me, and she always the first to text me and be like, ha, 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 "Idiot!" You know. So she texted you yesterday, then. She did, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Brett, uh, Clint. That's why I thought of it. That's you talking about I your insult? Clint well, got an insult during the race. Yeah, Clint got an insult. Uh, the 48 crew chief called him a d- I'm, I'm assuming. So Blake, is he loves Clint so much that he actually watches the race, listens to the scanner app. Did you watch on Saturday night, or were you busy? No, I watched the entire race. So Clint's. I didn't listen to uh so Jimmy didn't say that. Uh, Jimmy's crew chief or yeah, spotter said. Jimmy's uh, crew chief said that the fourteen continues to be a d- every single week. I don't think he's going to disagree with him. <laughs> I started to say. I mean, it's hard to argue. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I mean, I love I love Clint. He's my he's my friend. But I, I feel like I feel like he's another one that hands you pretty easy opportunities to take shots at him. <laughs> <laughs> So, so people always ask me, how in the world did you get to be a race fan? So, so obviously, people have seen you on NBC doing the pre-race stuff. They've seen you at the racetrack. I mean, I said before you came on, you've been to probably seven or eight tracks by now. Like, how in the world did you get to like NASCAR? Well, I, you're you're more involved in that than you probably either remember or know. But my dad, you know, growing up, my dad was a huge uh, race fan, and and probably. I remember more of the Indy 500 races, him making a big deal about, you know, getting the TV set up and the TV tray out and, you know, all that stuff for that particular race. And then, and then I have a few memories of him watching the Daytona 500 because, and I had to put these together because as a kid, you remember, you go, what, what was, what was going on that day? And I remember we had an ice storm in Oklahoma and so it had to have been Daytona because it would have been February, right? And I remember my dad was just crying and moaning and just pissed off because not that the power was out, not that, you know, you couldn't get out for three days, but that he couldn't watch the Daytona 500. It was happening and there was an ice storm and we didn't have any electricity, you know? So my point is from my earliest memories, my dad was a race fan. And he was even a stock car driver uh, locally there, you know, uh, in Oklahoma. But it wasn't until I met you and, and Elliot in uh, Atlanta. I think we were – was it the Fox Theater in Atlanta? It was. Hank Williams Jr. was headlining, and you were opening it up for him. Hey, you know what I remember? I remember I, I had barely one one song out. Austin was out. Yep. I guess Austin had been a hit at that point. Yeah, number one. I remember uh, – going out on stage and I was so excited to be opening for Hank and just in front of a sold out crowd. I've never even seen a sold out crowd before, you know? And so I remember being so nervous and it was one of those concerts where you see artists get up there and they're nervous. And all they say is things like, 
And this next song is a song that I recorded because I really miss my mom. And then they sing the song or whatever. And I remember I was about to introduce, and the crowd was being super patient with me, but I was about to introduce some album cut from, from my only album. And I heard some dude in the back as I was like, this next song, he goes, just sing it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes, sir. And I sang it. <laughs> Anyway, that night I was, I, we were, we were, had decided to do a video for Old Red, and then, and we wanted some celebrities to be in the video, and but we had to settle for Elliot Sadler. <laughs> There's none available, I guess. <laughs> who, who I met that night at the show, and and I met Brett, and 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 so Brett, I don't know if he's ever told you guys, he's, that's his fat ass hanging over the the side of the truck in the old red video he comes in to do oh, some oh work, he's mentioned so. it 37,000 yeah. times yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a solid <laughs> chance that, i was hammered because of that. that relationship with me and elliot and brett that developed i started following elliot you know and and really got into nascar and, and because i was going to races to hang out with elliot then that's how i ended up meeting clint and you know even though clint is a <laughs> I, I don't know anybody who's ever met him that doesn't love him you know and so he's an easy guy to all of a sudden strike up a friendship with and he's just there's no way to be around him and not laugh and have fun i'll, I'll tell you the most impressive part about that story is i've now been to two of blake's shows with brett and i don't remember <laughs> from either one of them so the fact that you remember all that is great <laughs> uh, brett was a big deal to me back then not now <laughs> So, so Freddie's been to your shows. Freddie actually met Gwen uh, in Vegas. He was with me when I had a chance to say hey to her. You've oh, never, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've never met TJ. Have you ever heard of TJ Majors? Hmm, probably no. Not. That's good. No. That's probably That's a good. good thing. That's a good thing. Good <laughs> thing. Wait, is TJ, who you, you spot for Joey? Yeah, I went from the the guy that got most of the cheers, then he retired, and then I went to work. I I guess I went from, you know, the to the dark side with uh, with Joey. I used to spot for Dale Jr. until he, he retired. And now he, I, he went from the guy everybody loves to the guy everybody hates. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know. Hey, Dirty, I don't know if, I, I don't know if Brett told you about, about my theory about Joey Logano. I, I, I heard a rumor about this. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> this is, is, is sure Does good. TJ know about it? No, no he doesn't know. No, tell but him. let's tell the world. Miss. <laughs> I have a theory. Let me find my phone here. Oh, you, it's just, just good if you had to make a note about it. We got it. evidence. I mean, we got yeah. evidence about this. You have data. Do you have data? <laughs> after Joey, and I want Brett to hear this, after after he actually won a race this year, um, get that little dig in there. Uh, I've tried. It's not on me, man. You, you know that, right? Which one? The first one or the second one? <laughs> <laughs> I was watching some coverage, and he was doing an interview. And I was like, who does he look like? And I finally realized that, and I and I've developed this theory that Joey Logano very well may be Gilbert Godfrey's son. <laughs> That's pretty close. I mean, if you don't if you don't see that resemblance, or if Joey just, even the smile looks alike. They, I, I know. Traits. I just think maybe maybe not. Maybe an uncle. Maybe something like that. There's definitely there's, there's some relation. There. There, there, I mean, if he did an ancestry, that. it might might be on there. If he traced his roots. Oh, boy. Do people see this Zoom or they just hear oh, the audio? They'll see it. They'll get it all. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, going to be all. Yeah, It's, it's going to be all live. Well, not live, but it's all going to be out there. I, it's hard to argue. I mean, it, it's uncanny. You know, you know, Brett, they had a, a, a golden opportunity right near the end of the race there to, to, to help us and push us, but 
had to go for the pass and got shuffled at that point. Well, Blake told us to drink him. a cup of screw it before the race. So, like, with 10 to go, Clint comes over and he's like, should we drink that cup of screw it that our country music singer friend wanted us to drink? And I said, did you hear that over the radio? I did I did hear him. Yeah. That was a, Why won't he say your uh, name? Why does he refer to you as, like, this this person that we can't say your name all the time? What does it say? It says Blake Shelton on mine. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm talking about, about uh, during the race. <laughs> talking about during the race. <laughs> During the race, he said, I listen to you guys just on the NASCAR app. Yeah. No, no, but Clint, he, Clint but he won't, won't say refer your name. To you he as... refers to you as our, our country music oh, friend. I see what buddy. you're saying. Yeah. I he won't claim you. What a D bag. <laughs> yeah, he, he, uh, he doesn't like to name drop. That's what I tell myself. Yeah. What's in that cup? I know it's early. You're in LA. It's 9 15. Right yeah. God. I hope, it ain't, See, I hope it ain't Smithworks already. Yeah, jeez, well, you, you you behave a lot better since Gwen came into your life. I'm proud of you about that. I agree with that. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Where are you going? Yeah, <laughs> you have to get out. It's hotter than camel balls. <laughs> <laughs> he just got up and left. Uh, he hopefully, uh, hopefully he's back. You'll get over. You'll get over. How hard is it to be a Clint Boyer fan and, right now, Blake? You can get up and walk away on this show. I've, I've decided. Yeah. After <laughs> I, I even wrote a song about that. Hang on. Uh oh. Wrote a song about about just a quick thing, just for you guys, and, and you can use this. Uh, mm, nobody's listening, but I don't care. I'm on an episode of Door Bumper Clear. Oh, there's our new intro. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You like how I write it clear with care? Care, that was good, yeah. An insult has never sounded so good, sang to me. <laughs> oh. oh, good stuff, man. Hey, so so we're in the rumor starting business on this show. Uh, I've heard that Blake Shelton is starting a race team. Uh, Blake Shelton Motorsports, Team BS, as we call it. Team BS. Yeah, Team BS. I think we can sell enough T-shirts to pay for it. Uh, who's going to be our driver? Who are we going to get? Well, you know, I kicked around bringing back the old Hermie Saddler, the Herminator, uh, because I know that we could at least get some some uh, some television time. Uh, <laughs> we might be upside down a lot. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And that's really it. By the way you guys operate in that sport these days, I figure that's really all that matters, right? It's just, you know. Either wreck and get on TV or, or play it safe and get on TV. That's what I wanted to be on this show for today because I'm sick and tired of the playing it safe. And I, and I only say that to you because you guys are the ones I listen to, but it drives me crazy. It drives me nuts to know that there is a sport that, that rewards not winning. I, do, I can't understand it. Well, it rewards winning. I, we just I, can't I win. <laughs> I believe that the playoffs – no, I disagree with that, by the way, because every time there's a chance to maybe to to roll the dice for, a, you know, let's come into the pits or you want to just roll the dice, maybe try to make it on fuel, try to do some of these trickery things to get a W, you know. And I, I if I could tweak one thing in NASCAR, it would be that you are not in the playoffs at all unless you win. And, and so that way and, – and obviously that would mean that there's no set amount of playoff drivers, but so, right? It'd so, be about 10 or 12 people. So they listen to our show, and there's a solid chance oh, they'll just oh make my. a rule change. 
Call Mike Helton or whoever the president is and tell him I said it. <laughs> Playoffs are starting. We got eight they're, guys. They're listening right now. You'll be fine. Just just keep reiterating it. I, I mean, maybe there's four guys. You should have won a damn race. Yeah. I don't disagree with you on this. I don't think a lot, I think a lot of people be, would agree with me. Winning should be rewarded. You're right. It yeah. should definitely be rewarding. So how do we I fit? mean, I it is rewarded, but also not winning is rewarded, right? That's what That's what I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, like they put a number, like it's 16. We might only have 10 winners, but there's still six guys that didn't win anything all year. You know, or, you know, just get in. So. Yeah. I think it was for some, like you. some more, exciting, more exciting races. I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy, and it's every year how hard it is to win a race for anybody, but you always have one or two guys that goes out and wins six or seven races like what Harvick and Hamlin are doing this year. And, and, yeah. and it looked like Joey Logano was going to be that guy. He goes out and wins two races early, and you're like, well, this may be the year he sets the world on fire. Then we, he, he hadn't run that well since. Like, it's crazy how this whole thing works. It's what hard. did you think of the race on Saturday? To me, winning two races in a year is setting the world on fire. Because <laughs> your guy hasn't done that in a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's at the, when your career is over one of these days, and I'm, and I'm the same way. All I'm going to have are these things that that represent the big moments along the way. And for for me, for my world, that's a gold record. I'm going to have a gold record and go, oh man, I did that. When my team came together and 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 worked our asses off, and we got a gold record. And and in your world, it's got to be trophies, right? It's nobody's going to go, man. That's the that's the printout of the uh, of my parking. My parking spot from the uh, freaking uh, award ceremony at the end of the champion at the championship party because I didn't I didn't win a trophy but I finished eleventh in in standings. I want I want trophies. Elliot Sadler said to me on a, on a call. We actually it was me, him, and Ross Chastain on a three way call, and he said to Ross, he said, "You know what, Ross? I spent my whole career." worrying about what my competitors thought about me. And now that I've retired, now that I'm back in Virginia, I hadn't heard from a single one of them. And I've spent my whole career wasting my time. If I had to do ever again, I'd have raced them like Joey Logano races, like a butthole. And and I think Clint <laughs> does that. I think Clint has that same mentality. He doesn't want to make anybody mad. And you have guys like Carl Edwards that flat out don't care. Guys like Ross Chastain, they flat out don't care. Some guys care, and I think that's what's hard about this sport is their their kids are friends. And see, you guys don't. I mean, I know you, and I know you like some some people in the industry. I also know you. There's a lot of people in the industry you can't stand because you know you're competing against them, and you know their moral compass. Like our world's just so much different because we're in one big playground together every weekend. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm so I'm such a, a Clint Boyer fan that I mean to the point where there, there was a moment <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this. Uh, but there was a moment. That's okay. <laughs> That's where it goes bad. <laughs> yeah, there was a moment last Saturday where you guys were red flagged there for a minute, and and I was listening to you guys on the radio, and it was and and somebody was saying, "Hey, look at the look at the twenty four car, and is his tire going down? Is is there a problem there?" And I was thinking, "Man, I hope it's going down." And Clint says it's fine. Wouldn't that be? <laughs> <laughs> and to your point, like when they ask us that, I'm like, is this guy really going to tell me the truth? No, your tire looks good, man. Yeah. I'm like, no, probably That's not. why I'm just a fan. I'm going to get so much hate mail for this, but that's what I love. I, I want to have – I love discussions, not arguments. Yeah, yeah. We love that about you. 
So what's uh? I mean, going back to your life for a minute, you haven't played a live show in how long? Six months. Well, uh, yes. Yeah. But we did do a Gwen and I and Trace did a a, a drive-in movie theater concert. Yeah, and, some of that uh, here too. Say what? They did a couple of those here at the racetrack. Yeah. They've had a couple like drive-in yeah. concert things. <laughs> we actually filmed ours, and they just air they aired them, you know, around the country, which yeah. was, was a that was an odd thing to do. But we were glad to get to do anything, you know, as far as performing and singing. That's what we do, and so it was it was a weird adjustment. But but to answer your question, I think March twelfth was when we just shut the tour down in in Nebraska. We were actually building the stage. It was about one o'clock in the afternoon, and I looked on social media and, and the news, and it was just like, "Man, we can't do this." Yeah. And, and and I talked to my manager. You know, managers are always the last ones. That, you know, in those situations, go well. People are already showing up. They bought their tickets. You know, it's like, <laughs> I know we, we can't do this. And 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 he agreed. It was just that's the hardest thing to know what the right thing to do is. You know. Looking back, it was it. We know it was the right thing to do, but in the moment, you're going, uh, you just can't think straight, you know. But we 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 called it off, and and that was it. So we're getting to race in venues with twenty percent of the people getting to come. You guys can't do that. I mean, you just flat out your business model. It doesn't work for that. Do you see the end, the light at the end of the tunnel of, of when normal may come back around? Because I miss going to freaking concerts. Man, I don't, and and I feel like I've. I uh, have a pretty good gauge on on you know what's happening in the in the music industry and and you know who the and the, the main players are as far as promoters and stuff and uh, I I know that people are planning on touring like a year from now now that's that's touring in arenas and amphitheaters and things you know that because here's the problem Brett you. Let's say we found out today there's some miracle and, and COVID disappears and I wanted to go tour, it would still be four months from now before we were actually out there doing it because you gotta find the find the markets, you gotta secure the building, you gotta put it on sale. There's a lot of things that have to, as you know, go, you know moving parts to this stuff where you can't just go, ah, we'll show up tomorrow and do a, do a show. You can do that in a bar or a, you know, a smaller venue, but not, you know, not on a big touring level. So I think that's why everybody's thinking next fall, maybe, but it's going to be, we can't do anything until there's a vaccine or, or whatever. I've seen you show up at bars and pack the house and play for free <laughs> for three, four hours, man. Like, there's nobody else in the music industry that I've ever known to do that. Like, why in the world? And and when I met you, man, we were both broke. Now one of us is broke, one of us sitting. Uh, how in the world? Why in the world do you show up at a bar? Like, uh, where do we do? We, what was the last place we did it here in Charlotte where we were so hot we were about to pass out? Coyote Joe's. You show up at Coyote Joe's mm. and play for freaking people for three. Hours. Like, what makes Blake Shelton wake up and go? You know what? I'm gonna go do this today. This sounds fun. That's really the, uh, to be honest with you, um, I would rather do something like that than, you know, a, a normal concert situation because, uh, 
mostly because I would 10 times rather play other people's songs than my own. Uh, I, I, that's kind of how I got started playing. Not kind of, it is how I got started playing bars and, and uh, you know, back when people, there was dance floors and people would dance three or four sets a night. And, and, uh, and I miss that because that's, when you move up the ranks, which is what you want to do, you kind of leave a lot of that stuff that, that was the good old days behind, whether you want to or not, you know? And so, uh, you, I can't expect somebody to, to come to one of my concerts and, and pay good money for a good seat. And then me do George Strait and Alabama covers all night, you know, <laughs> right? which is, but I'd much, that would be so fun to me, but I know that, uh, when I go to concerts, George Strait, for instance, there's no, I've said this for long. I said, there's no way people can walk away from a George Strait concert totally satisfied because he's got like 60 number one hits and they're going to inevitably, you're going to go, Oh damn it, man. He didn't do Amarillo by morning, but he did the other 45. He never plays Troubadour live. Will you tell him to play Troubadour the next time? I see I will, him? I'll text him right now. Thank you. I got to tell you this, my favorite cover you've ever done. You're going to know why I'm going to tell you this after I say it. Bobby Brown. Remember that one? Oh, uh, uh, my prerogative. Yes. Yeah, that's country right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget. I'd never picture you doing that. When I was opening for George Strait, uh, it was the greatest. That was literally the greatest opportunity uh, personally for me in my life. You know, I, I didn't miss one concert of that whole tour i literally would run back to the bus you know grab a beer grab a drink if it was hot take a shower or whatever and go straight back out there and watch his entire show he's my hero and and uh but i remember when i was opening for him that's when we used to do that my, my prerogative bit it had the, my prerogative uh centerfold by jay giles band and and uh uh, uh play that funky music white boy in it <laughs> we made a version of, of all three of those songs put together but i'll never forget every night the look on people's faces when i would break into to uh, uh my prerogative and to the point of people were contemplating is this the part where i should go get a beer because i didn't come here to hear 90s pop music. but here's the thing people don't know about Blake music, when i came here to hear george Strait. like well this is not, not what i we're going we're gonna to have breaking news on this show right now. People do not know that Blake Shelton can moonwalk. Why, why, oh. is, why is that not a thing? How do, how do we not know that? I know I it. I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. I think I, if I'm not mistaken, I busted out a moonwalk on The Voice, I yeah. think. It, yeah. You I did? I busted out a couple of times, yeah, just to, just to rub it in, in the other coaches' faces when I would get a <laughs> artist. Uh, but I – but yes, I do. And in fact, I when I was a kid, there was a a flyer that was posted around Ada, Oklahoma, uh, that was in, in an ad in a newspaper that this, this dance teacher was coming to Ada to give break dance lessons, and it was like a picture of, you know, a little small picture of Michael Jackson down in the corner, and it was like the, the teacher who taught Michael Jackson, which was probably not true, but. <laughs> How, how would you know back then, you know? So me and my sister were like, man, I'm going to go take some breakdance lessons. So we went 
<laughs> and took a, I think she may have taken like two lessons. I took one and I learned how to moonwalk and whatever that pinwheel thing is that you do where your leg goes yeah, around. Yeah, you sweep your leg under your other, yeah, yeah. I learned how to do that, which, can you by still the way, do if that? I, did that now, I would hyper extend my scrotum now <laughs> if I tried something like that. It's hard for me to no. imagine you guys on a hunting trip, you and Brett having like a moonwalk battle. Like I, I can now picture this, like you guys are hunting, you know, early in the morning and now let's just bust out a moonwalk battle because Brett can do it too, obviously. We've seen that many times. When I'm around Brett, it's – I literally have to, especially like in party situations, which is mostly when I'm around him after concerts or, or uh, when we're hanging out, it's, it's never been a work situation, but when I'm around him, it's always at some point in the night. And I, and the last few times I've just had to stop myself because I don't want to be that guy, but everybody wants to see him dance. Everybody wants to see him dance. It's the only thing about Brett that's redeeming. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. It's like, oh, should I say it? Should I say it? Should I say it? And I think that I, I you did you did you dance for Gwen? Yeah, and, you made me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were Facetiming you, and and you told her, do not let him leave without watching him do Michael Jackson. So of course, uh, you put me on the spot. And she's a yeah. freaking rock star. How many people get a chance to dance in front of a rock star? I had it was, to take I it. felt like it was more of an audition. I <laughs> I didn't get a call back, Blake. Like I didn't. Need, I never heard back. Maybe I got I mean, the wrong number. In party situations with me and Brad, it's usually hard to walk, let alone moonwalk. <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> you guys must do it differently, I guess. I think he just rather do that. What do you do that other thing with your? Oh yeah, wearing clogging, my hand shake. You're clogging. Oh, oh clogging. Yeah. yeah, he could just do some clogging. Yeah, I, man, I'm Probably too fat to clog. I remember now. you taught Kevin to clog that day. We were when we were in his house in Nashville. Yeah, Kevin Kennedy, uh, Blake's store manager. He clogged. No, no, but I taught him tried. how to do the basic steps. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, oh. yeah, it wasn't that hard. Well, hey, look, man, we love you for coming on. i got to ask you one quick question before we go. OfferPad is our presenting sponsor. They sell homes all across America. You just built a brand-new lake house. What is it, mm-hmm. a year and a half old? Uh, it's about three years now. Three years old. All right, so, so semi-new. What is your favorite room in the lake house and why? And you can't say the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I- at the at the lake house, I would say uh, it's the the uh, tiki bar. That's where I hang out, watch TV, because I can watch TV from the from the pool. I got it set up where I can do that. So if that's a room, it's a room enough. It, yeah. What about Gwen's house? One year now. Uh, she's she's got <laughs> this awesome, beautiful home, and and uh, and then built over the the garage is like this apartment type room. And that's where that's where I'm at right now. That's where she makes you stay. Yeah, so it's not. I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite, but it's where I end up somehow. Because I'm either watching, uh, you know, a race or whatever, and it's just like just go do that up there. So (laughs) that's where she sends you for timeout. Yeah, you can't talk her into liking racing. Uh, She watches. She's like most. I think your average people like. Let's be honest. the the last The last couple of laps are really all that any of us are, are locked into most of the time, unless it's a restrictor plate race. So she always, you know, starts starts getting interested towards the you know the last few laps, and and it's all about Clint. You know, I've said before, uh, you know, I don't know if it wasn't for for my relationship with Clint, I don't know that I would watch as religiously as I do. You know, because uh, I definitely have the tracks that are just not interesting to me to, to watch the races on 
So I would probably end up, uh, if, if Clint wasn't driving, I would probably just watch restrictor plate races and, and maybe some of those road courses. If, if I didn't think I didn't used to think I enjoyed those. And now I really think they're a lot of fun to watch maybe Bristol, but some of those tracks that, that are just flat, I, just do not they're not fun for me to watch you've not been to bristol have you never have yeah you should come man this, this could be the last bill yeah you've been to march but this could be clint's last bristol race y'all need to come why are you saying that now you're trying to kick me off you've talked to me about the voice moonwalking <laughs> stupid <laughs> on here for 30 minutes and we ain't told me any racing stuff well you ain't asked me any racing questions well, what do you mean it could be his last Bristol? Is Bristol going away or is Clint going away? <laughs> it's a contract year. The guy's has he hasn't decided if he's coming back. He hasn't gotten an offer yet from Stuart Haas Racing. Like there's a lot of unknowns for him. I know he told me yesterday. I went up to his farm for a, a few hours, man. We went and rode around his farm, beautiful piece of property up in uh, up in North Carolina. And he told me point blank, man, I wanna I wanna do this again. And I, I think the main driving thing behind that, Blake, is how screwed up this year has been for everybody. I mean, obviously you hadn't played a show. We sat around for two months. We're going to the racetrack with no fans. He is a people person. Like Clint Boyer loves to get amongst the people. And I think that's one of the, the motivating factors is he wants to win a race, wants to make another playoff, wants to have run a championship, but at the end of the day, man, I think he's still wants to be around people and the fans. He doesn't want to go out like this because it's weird for us, man. We're we're rolling up to Daytona that holds 150,000 people, and we're driving in, and we're working four hours, and we're driving out. Like, we don't see a soul. It's it's, it's super weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, okay, I agree that, that this would not be the year for anybody to, to, to bow out. You know, it's just like I think we just need to have a mulligan – <laughs> and just For start sure. over. I tried. I started. Tried to start a Twitter campaign to to keep Jimmy from from uh, retiring on a year like this. I mean, the guy he was he was screwed no matter what. You know, you can't. He literally had COVID. I mean, it couldn't have gone. It couldn't have been more unfortunate. You know, it just doesn't seem like a year I would want to go out. But at the same time, when you're done, you're done. You know, and it's and that's all that all that should matter. But, uh, but as far as Clint goes, let me ask you this. Cause I never ask Clint these questions because I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to be that guy. So if Clint, if it's a, it's a contract year with, with Stuart Haas, is there a chance that he, Stuart Haas moves on, they put somebody else in that car. Would Clint pursue going to another team or would you think Clint would take that and just go, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to beat my head against the wall and knock on doors. Do you think he would walk away? I think his head is in the place where he 100% wants to come back where he's at. There's not a doubt in his mind where he wants to finish his career and what car he wants to be driving, the 14 car to do that. But if he got the phone call that, you know, hey, Clint, we got another driver coming in. And, Blake, now, like, the deciding factor of that, believe it or not, is not necessarily is there a better driver available. It is – is there a driver available that we think can win races that has money connected to them? And Clint has some sponsorship money that's connected directly to him. So if he were to leave, he would have that opportunity to take it to another team. I would say the odds of him staying there are 90% and the odds of him not are 10%. And honestly, if, if he got the call of Clint, we're moving on, I, I think he would lean heavily toward going to do TV because I think it'd be hard for him to swallow – doing one year in a, in a new gig because it almost takes a year 
to, to, to find your way. I mean, we've seen guys like Kevin Harvick riding Childers get together when races right off the bat. Most of the time, man, that doesn't happen. It takes a little bit to build that chemistry to get the car right. Clint can't drive the car the same way Harvick can. You can't give them the same setup. And, and people say all the time, well, Harvick goes to win six races. Why aren't your guy winning any races? Well, it's because he needs something different. And until, until that crew chief finds that, you're not going to – I mean, mm-hmm. we go to Darlington. We set the world on fire. Win the first two stages, had a chance to win. Go to Kentucky crazy fast. And then the very next week, we're fighting to stay on the lead lap because they're at that track for the first time ever together, and they can't find it. So uh, it, you, you, I've seen your band play – and and various people, you know, come on stage. Lady A, it didn't matter who walked on. Your band could pick them up, and boom, they could jam a cover, even play their own original music. It's not that way here for the most part. The, the crew chief, driver, engineer, they all have to know what each other need to be able to support each other. Let me tell you what I take away from what you just said. So uh, you said that Clint wouldn't go to a new race team and race only for one year. So you're saying that no matter what, he's only planning to race one more year either way. I'd say if he got a two-year deal at Stuart Haas, he would take it. Um, if, if he got a two-year deal at Hendrick, would he take it? Yes, but I don't think that's I don't think that option's there because I don't. No, th- I don't think that option's there. I'm just saying a two-year deal somewhere else that's a good team. I think if if you're looking at a Clint Boyer, and this is me being you know just candid, if you're looking at Clint Boyer, he's a short-term fix for you because of his age and because of where he's at in his life. You know, I mean, I'll never forget Elliot Sadler at a, at a plate track. He said to me after the race, I asked myself under caution, why am I doing this? Which means it's time for me to retire. I want to be yeah. somewhere else in my life. And I think that phase is coming for Clint at some point in the next you know, year or two. You know, his kids are getting older. He wants to be home. And, and obviously going to do TV gives him that opportunity because you only work half the year. But, if I, it, it, you know, Hendrick's looking for a long-term fix. And they know that's not Clint Boyer. So I think yeah. I think if he says he's leaving Stuart Haas, you know, it would take a special opportunity for him to go do it. I don't think he'd do it just to race. And that's the cool part about having worked with Elliott. He never did it just to race. He he did it to be in a competitive situation to win, make playoffs, try to win championships. Clint's the same way. He ain't going to do it just to go right around. Well, I hope Tony is, is watching this and he knows that us, us fans want to keep Clint in the car. Tony came on my bus – uh, about, I don't know, four or five years ago. And this is when uh, Clint was driving for, there was an intermediate intermediate team. Good times. That he was yeah. uh, I can't remember the name. What was that? It was the fifth. It was 15. painful. H. Scott, it was painful. That's right. And that would end up being a terrible, that's a terrible story altogether. But it was during that time. And, and, and but Clint was already moving to Stuart Haas and it was, out there and everybody knew it and and i'll never forget that tony sat there across from me and he said hey man do me a favor he said keep my boy's head up because it was so he was clint was down you know terribly down but when clint moved over and then i think it was the wasn't until the following year and he won a a couple of those races it was it was it's such a momentum driven sport that you guys are in and and the confidence that a, that a win gives somebody, it just seems like it it can turn everything around it for for a team and but but for a driver and and if they, I feel like if if you win a race, then you start believing in yourself again, and I, I mean that's just human nature, you know. Uh, and so I still I've told Clint I said I still think you're 
your best year is in front of you. I, I probably sound like a crazy man saying that on something like this that's so such an industry insider conversation. But, uh, you know, I, it wasn't but a few years ago that somebody would have looked at, uh, you know, Martin Truex Jr. and said, hey, man, your best years are, are in front of you after he'd had such a long stretch of not not such great years, you know. And so I guess it's it's all in the hands and the mind and heart of the driver. I just – for me, I, I know that Clint – you can't contain that amount of, of – of energy, you know, and I think racing is a, is an outlet for him. And if he feels confident and happy, well, he, I, I still don't think, I don't see him wanting to step away from doing something that he's really good at. If he's having some success at it, he's gotta be. And, and I have to say this and I say it, not trying to be arrogant about it. I've been fortunate to hang around a lot of fun people of all walks of life. Right. Do you know somebody, anybody more fun than Clint Boyer to hang out with? No. no, and if I was a, and if I was a sponsor looking to get in, Clint Boyer would be my number one person that I would want to sponsor because you can put him in a in any situation. He he lights up the room. People love him. He's so animated. He's not he's not controversial other than uh, I guess uh, Jimmy Johnson's <laughs> spotter. <laughs> uh, he's just he's just he, I would he's just a great. Uh, ambassador for for anything that he does. I mean, that's the truth about the guy, and I just think he's really important to the sport. Because, Have you ever you seen know, anybody love to start a fire more than Clint Boyer? I literally mean start a fire. <laughs> no, I or explode. I, I'll take it to the next level. Explosions are fascinating. Yeah, to to Clint Boyer. Like I'm not kidding. Like explosions he scared the out of me at his house not that long ago <laughs> and probably laughed oh. you may have been injured you could have been injured you laughed. Can, think we can tell this story brett yeah. I mean, this is, yeah. so i'm being i'm from new york and never fired a gun before you know and i made the mistake of telling that to clinton brett so guess what i did at that night was firing a gun at a can full of tannerite and I did not know that a can was full of Tannerite until I hit it. <laughs> and then all oh, hell broke that's loose. Dirty trick, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, oh man. Wow. He's yeah. been to Blake's house before and started fires and stayed up all night. Blake goes to bed, and, and Clint just stay, he just keeps getting the, bull, the bulldozer out and keeps dumping wood on the fire. Clint doesn't go to yeah. sleep. Most Clint. times he stays. If there's there's that moment during the night when you're trying to sleep that you you don't know if it's a thunderstorm rolling in or is that clan out there you know blowing up a brush pile <laughs> you, just, you don't know and you just just have to put it out of your mind hey man we know you're a busy dude we appreciate you coming on uh i hadn't seen you in a long time so at least i get to see you on tv right now i know i'll see you soon i'm sure somewhere somehow my kids are still mad that this whole COVID thing happened they were like this summer we were supposed to go to blake's house and ride around his ranch i was like yep sorry about that yeah so we'll do it another right. time. Hey, we got to talk. We got to talk about y'all set on the next episode of Door Bumper Clear because, I mean, you can't just set a couple of freaking diecast cars on the table and call that a set. Now we need some posters, <laughs> some helmets, a trophy, something on there. My God, we'll get with our designers. Well, apparently, I'm the only one to bring the trophies with these two. I mean, <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> still nobody likes you no comment. still getting booed still get no booed comment. don't matter okay guys 
Appreciate it. Thanks hey, for jumping on here, dude. Off, do I need to sign off with the theme song again, or yes. you got a good play, play, it, play it one more time? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nobody's listening, but I don't care. I'm on an episode of Door Bumper Clear. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for making That's us famous. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, see you guys. Yeah, see you, man. Right. Thanks for coming on. See you, dude. There's a leave meeting button in the top right. I was going to say, now it's going to be 10 minutes before it gets out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs>
I don't know, man. I feel like the first 10 races, Freddie, this guy was showing a lot of potential. I'm a huge Reddick fan. I think he's got a huge upside. His talent level is extremely high. I really thought he'd have a chance to go get in his 48 car. Clearly, that's not going to be the case. He's standard RCR. He's been on the show. He, I think he's the only guy to come on the show not win a race. Yeah, we're going to have to fix that for him. But like like you said, you know, this is a, 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 a different story if this is the Daytona 500 or if this is Talladega, you know, where, I mean, you're – season is on the line right here you're clear you're getting up there and you like you said you just barely miss it like if you do that in the daytona 500 wipe out the whole field yeah you're that was dumb i still think people make that move in the 500 yeah i mean you're getting that close to the 500 not that early but yeah but you know not not early in the race well how many laps to go was that it was it was it was it was too early yeah i mean it was like 20 to go or something but not if he did it as soon as he got clear yeah i mean i just like you know that at that point in that race i mean and we talked about this is what this this is what this race was meant for you know that like Moves, you know, win at all costs. Like you, got to get to the lead right there, and and that's what he was trying to do. And he was clear for you know, like you said, he was clear. But as you, you're clear on the bottom, you start moving up three lanes of traffic. Now you know you're going to lose a lot of momentum. And like you said, they just barely got back outside and turned him in the wall there. But you know, I don't, I don't. Obviously, Ryan was pissed off. I don't don't blame him for being pissed off. But you know, he got caught up in something that wasn't his doing. It's just, it's this is the race that this is going to happen. That's this is what NASCAR wanted, and that's what they got. Which, by the way, that race was insane. Daytona as a final regular season race is arguably the best thing this sport has had happen to it in a very long time. Yeah. I mean, just watching, you know, I mean, I I got caught up in it myself during the cautions and stuff. They kept flashing the points, you know, and it's, you know, DiBenedetto's good by 10 and Byron's out. Now Byron's in and Jimmy's out. Jimmy's in by 10. And, you know, then they're like, oh, now it's just DiBenedetto versus Jimmy heads up. You know, it was it was just back and forth all race long. And you you catch yourself like as you're riding around in a little pack, they're like looking for them three guys like where they at. And there was two or three times the, the wreck that we got in with Joey, like the 21 Barely missed it. Barely. Barely. And then Jimmy got oh, wiped yeah. out. You he know was I mean? in, in the back of us. Yeah. Like I mean, helping. He, he started it. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> hey, uh, so when they built this, when they renovated this place, $400 million renovation. Lauren Rainier and I, he spotted for Jamie McMurray at the time. We're standing on the roof, and I'm like, hey, they didn't do this to keep running this race in July. They did this, in my opinion, to make our season start in Daytona with a Daytona 500 and make our season end in Daytona with a championship race. Clearly, I was wrong, but it does end the regular season, and it is a hell of a drama oh. experience. Yeah, I think there's probably more drama. I have to give credit to the broadcast team and NBC because with all of the strategies that were going on between, I mean, everybody, they were on it with announcing. Like, ev- fans knew what was going on the entire time. Good. They Jeff knew Burton called me the it morning was... before the race, uh, and I gave him some pointers, so hopefully he did a good job. <laughs> It, it really we was. We should get him on here <laughs> yeah. sometime. He'd be a fun. He'd be a fun guy. I don't yeah. think TJ. He, he would. Uh, yeah, he's. I mean, he probably uses most of his material for the for the TV, but he's a pretty entertaining, energetic guy. He's a. Uh, he's a lot more fun than people think he is too. Especially retired Jeff. Like racing Jeff was like wouldn't have a cocktail, you know, workout, mental preparation, all this stuff. Like broadcast Jeff, he'll have a bourbon with you. I think what I like about Jeff is he doesn't. He lets his son get in situations and lets his son handle it how he, you know what I mean? He's not, well, he's going to have to learn here. You know, it, he doesn't, he does a really good job staying out of his son learning the the way, of, the way, the way to race. Yeah. You know, I think he does a really good job. Yeah. Since the other broadcaster from NBC is scared to come on here, uh, 
Maybe we'll get Jeff yeah, on. We gotta get one of them. I mean, his name's on the building, so we can't call him out. But, but you but, sparked but, in his parking spot today, so. Oh uh, yeah, I did take his parking spot today. <laughs> it's raining too He's hard. He's gonna have to get over it. <laughs> I was gonna catch pneumonia if not. <laughs> All right, contact between Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano causes the second big one. Mm. Spot on. I, I spot pretty off. much need to go Brett. first, just like on all these. <laughs> I know they, they all pertain to me. I mean, it's like I did everything. Well, they were all blocking. Well, we talked. We, well, I thought the first we, we one just kind of talked about it a little bit. And everybody like so my Twitter blows up obviously, and it's everybody because of the show is like, ah, you wait, do you get TJ? Show the data. Da, da, da. It, it wasn't, and then they're like, and then people defending them are all, it's no, it wasn't Joey, it was Danny. Honestly, it, I don't think it was either one of them. I think the 21 drove the 42 through the back of Denny and drove Danny through the back of the 22, knocked him out of shape, and then. You know, he moved down and came back up when he got knocked out of shape and, and turned him into the side of us. But for me, that wreck started about three or four rows back. I don't know how you saw it. Uh, are you spot on or spot off? I was definitely spot <laughs> off on that because we were getting ready to go to the damn lead. Ugh. Well, I mean, you were kind of in the lead. I yeah. was I was about – I was so close to clearing Joey up in front of you, but it was just too – it yeah. was too close, man. You had too good of a run. Um, no, I look, end of the race, man, we're – we had just taken two to go, and somehow you got – I was in front of you coming off of turn four. We take a big run to the bottom, and somehow you get another huge run in a short time. <clears throat> and I was getting ready to clear Joey to the wall, and I'm like, holy cow, that 43 is out there already. Like, I can't do it. Yeah, 24 gave us a hell of a show. And Joey makes the big move to the bottom, and I'm like – when he first made it, I'm like, okay, well, we're going to get the lead here, and I'm going to clear him to the top, and we're going to get up back up there in front of the 43, and, and we're going to be leading, controlling the race. And I was hoping you and Denny would get to racing, and um, William pretty much in win mode wasn't going to push you as long as he could, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, you want to control the race. At two to go, being in control of that race is where you want to be. And, man, we're coming out of the dogleg. Joey slides up in front of Denny, which is what you would do. He's clear of Denny, slides up. I can't clear him to the wall, so he doesn't go all the way to the wall. Leaves you room out there. You're, you're taking your run fine. And Denny gets a little bit of a run. He gets starts getting help behind him. And, man, at the end of the race with two to go, man, the the tempo is way up, man. The heart rates are up. Everything's escalated. And every, and you can tell. I mean, nobody's – you don't – people weren't backing off when they got to the bumpers, man, because if you backed off, you're losing your momentum. So everyone's just yeah. pushing and going. You know, Denny – I'm sure Denny wanted to get to our bumper and push us out and, and kind of lock up with us because if he could push us out and get clear himself, his yeah. shots of his chances of getting around us are, are a lot higher. I kind of figured that was. I figured you, once you got in front of him, we'd have the run into one there, be side by side. But I figured you two would get tandem. At That's some point. what I thought was going to happen. But and and I watched a, I watched a video and right before Denny hits us, the 42 is about he's a couple feet off Denny's bumper. But that's just like. There's no chance Denny drove into there and be like, hey, I'm going to wreck these guys now. Watch them go. Denny went there, tried to get to our bumper, and we weren't lined up as straight as we'd obviously needed to be. And Denny, I'm sure he wanted to get there and push. If he goes three wide, there's no telling that guy behind him goes with him. I mean, who did he have behind him, the 42? 42 and 21. Yeah, but the 21's probably going to get to us and go with us. So yeah. Who knows? But the 42 had actually been pushing us a little bit. So I don't know if – um. You don't know where guys are going to go, but the pace is picked up, man. The pressure's way up. You know, if you get out front at this point, you're going to be able to control the race and possibly get a win out of it. So, I was going to be really interested to see what happened if we got clear there with the 24 pushing us. I was, I was thinking to myself as it's happening, I'm like, there's no way he's going to push me to win this race. Like, he oh, can't. exactly. When he I saw that, because yeah. it'll knock him out of the playoffs potentially. Like, I'm like, the whole time this is happening, I'm like, the damn 24 is behind us. 
Well, he well, shot we gotta, the opening. We gotta go. You know, obviously we're going. I mean, we had a hell of a run. We had him, and I think Chase was behind him, or, or Alex. I can't remember which one. And we had that which top lane rolling. For you. Which that's not yeah. gonna work out good for you. So then, you know, you pull up in front of us, and we get it rolling even more. And I was like, wow. We're, and then that's just happening. I'm like, this 24. There's no chance he's pushing me to the wind. Like, I, uh, I got pulled up in front of you. Some stuff out here. We pulled up in front of you at the end of the back stretch. I saw you guys go just digging out by the wall, and I'm like, you got to get to the wall. 43 is coming. You got to go to the wall, to the wall, to the wall. And Joey pulls up and. Bubba runs in the back. I'm like, I mean, you have to do at that point. Oh, yeah. And um, we get a big run. And, man, it was just everybody going for it, man. You're going for the win. You're basically oh, going yeah. for a win right there. Just like we talked about, that race was win at all costs. And somebody was going to come out of there. And, and, obviously, William, he showed when a hole opened up, he was going to take it into one. As soon as that hole opened up, yeah. he shot in there. I mean, he just – that was like a, <clears throat> a bull in a china shop going <laughs> yeah. through there. I mean, he was like, you know, if you want to talk about being aggressive. Yeah. Even when the wreck in, in four with Reddick, he was up against the wall, still basically in the throttle. Did you see that? Yeah, oh, yeah. He's still he, in the throttle, passing cars. Like He drove around me because I was, I was watching replay, and I'm like, I was walk, looking in the replay for them for them three cars, you know, see where they were. Yeah. I, he drove around me and came back down in front of me. I was like, oh, oh wow. yeah. He gained four or five spots, I'd say, from that wreck. But, uh, no, it's just everybody's race, and you'd like to place blame on somebody at that point, but... It's Man, that's just plate racing aggressive. at that point. Yeah, I mean, you have to be if you're going to win at that point. Then he caught me. Uh, well, so so the last restart of the race, the 24 is on the front row. Then he has control of the race on the front row. I'm behind the 24. And, you know, we got a really good start on the bottom. And we got cleared off a of two. And I did the same thing. The second we got cleared, I'm like, get up in front of this 11. Denny is one of the best pushers to ever run a plate race. We got up in front of the 11. Well, our line didn't go. I'm like, dang it. What, why is my line not going? Um 24 is out there by himself on an island, which is what I want him to be. Because when we got back to him, we were obviously going to have the pusher and the momentum. It just didn't work out. And then coming back after we took the white, um, Denny actually made a move that ultimately made Clint wreck. And I text Denny after the race, not about the wreck, because to TJ's point, you're wide open. You're not going to lift. You're trying to find a hole with your nose. That nose is going to be what wins you the race or doesn't win you the race. But I'm more so texting him. I'm like, man, what happened when I got up in front of you off of two once we took the green? He's like, I could not get to you to get locked up. And what I think happened is Harvick, a couple rows back, made it three wide. And I think it made the 21 and 88 right behind us lose momentum. And we just could not get hooked up to come back to. I honestly thought when we got up off two, I'm like, we're going to take the white leading the race. And I hope they wreck. Because mm-hmm. as we all know, the white flag is official. Right, So you're really not necessarily racing back to the checker, which they did let them even after we wrecked on Sunday night or Saturday night. Um, but, man, we're, uh, we're calling these things in real time. And, and sometimes you say things that you wish you had back. I wish I had that one back. Oh, God, what would you say? <laughs> Just get up. <laughs> get, yeah. get up. I get was, up. Oh, you're talking about when you got up in front of me. Yeah. I don't think TV showed – the initial, I don't know what they were showing. That's what I, I keep getting from my friends is they keep saying, what happened? I haven't seen a replay. How the f*** do we not have a replay of what happened? I saw happened? what happened. I saw what happened with you and Danny. But I'm talking like, I think they they went to a head-on shot as they were going into one, and it was right after oh, Danny had yeah, hit that us. That was a bad angle. And they didn't show us getting hit by Danny. They just showed they just showed Joey coming up and hitting Bubba. So everyone's like, well, you run into him. Can't believe you wrecked me again. I know, man. Like, let me tell just you something. Last lap every time at Daytona now. You are not gonna intentionally run into somebody in the door at daytona like <laughs> no it, it, there's zero chance and it, you know i don't like all these people even our even our uh newest fan there he's mad at he's tweeting he, boy he's mad at us Crush boys don't kick your ass i know man <laughs> he, well, he'll be here next week to talk about it <laughs> and i don't i don't know if he understands that 
Uh, we got hit. TJ, like, I usually have a statement about this. He might can kick your ass. He might can kick my ass, but he can't kick your ass and my ass. I want to say that's not true. I was just say, I just say, you might lose that. that that's not going to apply. There's a solid here. chance he yeah. beat both our asses. <laughs> We're going to probably need everybody in this room, including Dillner. <laughs> and we still might lose. And yeah. Casey and the baby. Yeah. <laughs> but trust me, trust me, we did not want to wreck that at that point. We want all the momentum you can have. So, was, hey, what a great race. Um, what, what a first great two stages. It shows you how talented these guys are. I mean, you watch the Friday night race where they're wrecking every time somebody sneezes. Uh, and then Saturday night, man, these guys go out there and put on one heck of a show right up until two to go. I'm I'm about to get the block button out like Brett for this because it, normally Twitter is not bad and I can filter it out, but now it's like, I can't believe you hit him. I can't believe you went up there and hit him. I'm like, I can't you, believe it either. Do you not understand what has happened here? Like, good Lord. I can't believe you did that to me. I know. Well, I was not going to get beat by you, Freddie, so I pulled, well, I pulled the pin and there you go. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> well, I mean, you actually... You actually uh, came back and <laughs> managed something pretty I good. No, out. Like the last lap, the, the, you know, we take the green white checker there. We're not, we're twentieth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, I saw that. And it was like a video game, just dodging wreck race cars. Like we're behind Harvick. Harvick cuts a tire, pounds the fence. We go yeah, one way. They call trickle. Clint, Clint spins right in front of us. We go the other way. I'm like middle, back, top, middle. You know, whatever. And then down the back stretch, somebody else wrecked. But and then we got to Denny. And had a hell of a run up top. And I was like, oh, well, hell, this is going to turn out all right. <laughs> and we ended up crossing line fifth. No idea how it happened. but I Thanks. Mean, Appreciate you. Yep. Yeah, Anytime. that was uh, – y- your last lap was literally like Days of Thunder. <laughs> yeah. when they, like they sh- somebody should take Bubba's last lap and put him in there. Like that's what it was like, all the smoke and cars it was just and stuff. cars going every direction. Sliding all over the place, yeah. Jimmy Johnson caught up in a wreck and will miss the playoffs for the second straight year. Spot on, spot off. Brett. Jimmy Johnson did not miss the race. I'm sorry, he did not miss the playoff because of this race. He did not miss the playoff because of this wreck. He missed the playoff because his team was disqualified after a second-place finish at Charlotte. He missed the playoff because he was extremely responsible and went and got tested for COVID, even though he did not have any symptoms. I think that speaks to how classy of a guy Jimmy Johnson is. I don't know another guy in the field that wears a fire suit and sits in a race race car that would have went and got tested, given the fact that their whole season is on the line right here. And he did that. You know, obviously he got wrecked. Obviously he missed the playoff. Um, but look, that's that's why we raced in Daytona. That's what it comes down to. But if I'm Jimmy Johnson and his team, I'd hold my head high uh, because it's not because of that race. And we all, man, we all do this. You know what I mean? Like I finished second in the championship one year to Keselowski with Clint. And you go back and you're looking at Phoenix and Jeff Gordon wrecking you and you're mad about it. And you start looking at other places you lost points and you're mad about it. You can't do that. You know, TJ's on here all the time advocating for how hard his guy races, and, and the reason why is because it comes down to sometimes a point or two. And, and, and you know, he stage one, Clint Boyer was absent in this race. Well, the reason why is because we needed a scenario to play out that would lock us in. If William Byron did not finish fourth or better in the first stage, we were locked into the playoff. He finished seventh. Once he finished seventh, we went and tried to win the race. Had a good stage two. Had a, Obviously, we're sitting third with two to go in the race. Got wrecked. But you look at your season, and unfortunately, I don't blame this particular race on why Jimmy missed the playoff. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy had done enough all year to, you know, um, to probably be in the playoffs, but – Obviously, these circumstances, uh, you know, how it played out. Um, 
I, I wish there was a. I wish we, you know, and I don't think anybody was prepared for what we, the world was going to deal with this year in general. But um, I don't know. I think that, like, what the outlaws do. Outlaws did a thing where it gave you your points for your average. You know what I mean? Like, if you had to miss. Yeah, I don't know. They, they did something. They did a Brian something. Brian France would have just wrote him in like he did Jeff Gordon the year Jeff Gordon didn't deserve to make it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. It, it's tough all the way around, but Jimmy – you People know, are so stupid. They actually were tweeting that. You yeah. NASCAR should just put him in. Shut the, shut up. Shut Look, the front door. That's Jimmy, not how this works, people. Jimmy is a champion, and the way he handles this is how a champion. He handled it like a champion would, in my opinion. Jimmy's out there. You know, look, I'm down, but I'm not out. He's been out there, and it's been noticeable that he's been out there racing his tail off these last. He's been racing his tail off, and you can see it. He's trying sometimes too much. Sometimes too much, but man, that guy, the guy's trying, man. And I, I give him all the credit for for going out there and and trying to win the race, racing with his teammate to get in. Tough situation already, man. You got two other guys. Who do they help? That's a whole. That's a really tough scenario to be in. And man, they were out there racing, and it was noticeable. I thought it was pretty awesome. You know, that he was as competitive as he was, and man, they made it exciting. Yeah, I mean, like Brett said, you know, you talk about the, the, the amount of points he gave up. I'm sure it was. 50-ish points. Oh, had to at, be, yeah. at, you know, when you factor in stage points that they yeah. gave up at um, Charlotte, then you take a whole race off. You, you figure you're going to finish mid. If that works, you're going to get probably 15, 20 points there. Yeah. Then you talk about all the mistakes he made this year. You know, the deal at New Hampshire with you guys. Texas, Texas, Texas ran and drove into the wall. Texas the early. So, you know, it's just – it's been a te- – I hate the fact that this is how he's got to go out. Like, yeah. no fans around. Now he's missing the playoffs because of this stuff. So, you hate to see that. But, I mean, obviously he's one of the best that's ever done it. And – one of the best that's ever going to do it, and just interested to see how you feel about him and his team after this next question. Yeah. Um, actually, we're just going to call it out right now. So I don't know if you recall, Brett, the comment that was made, but uh, oh, the 48 crew chief Cliff Daniels. <laughs> I didn't know this happened either. 48 crew chief Cliff Daniels says that the 14 continues to be a D-bag every single week, and Jimmy <laughs> replies – yeah, I was trying to send him. Brett, what do you think about that one? This is the first time I'm uh, made aware of this. Finally, um, it's think, you and not I, me. I think. <laughs> and now here's what I think. I think Cliff Daniels needs to let his balls drop and walk down pit road and tell Clint that. And let's see what they have to say to one another. If Jimmy was trying to send him, that's between him and Jimmy. I know what he's talking was, about. Was we made, block in the we made a very aggressive block after the start-finish line getting in the one. Uh, again, it was to, to try to maintain um, – the, the position in the front of the pack, try to win the stage. Obviously, we ended up third. Jimmy ended up okay. Uh, You're making me mad, Brett. We're the only ones that are supposed to be doing that type of stuff. Well, I mean, you trained me well. Um, and, and look, I, I mean, again, when I start saying looking low, and Clint's obviously already looking in his mirror, uh, Clint makes a decision of whether or not he's going to fade him down, and he faded him down. Uh, I don't know Cliff Daniels. I've never met the guy. I don't know what he looks like. If he walked in the door right now, I wouldn't know him. Um, but Clint – and, and Cliff are probably relatively close uh, every Sunday. And feel free to go down there and tell him. I, I just thought that was funny that I was listen, as I was listening to your answer to the previous question about Ford. Love these guys, forty eight team, and uh, you know Jimmy Johnson's classiest guy out there. I was like, oh yeah, he is. He's a classy guy. <laughs> he, and then he calls my guy a bag. <laughs> well, Cliff called him that. Yeah, I know. I don't. I think. I mean, basically, same. I'm kind of spot off. I mean, you get, uh, Cliff's been. Look, I know you're frustrated at points and at points in time, but you know, let the drivers figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, 
you know, he calls me out for telling Joey where they're running, making time up at Texas, um, because that's how you race now. You don't. I'm not going to willingly let you just drive by me. You know what that one point did for me right there? Put me another buff, one point ahead of the guy that I could be racing in Daytona. So I, if you get position on me, go ahead. But until you get there, that's just how the racing is now. It's that's just how it is. You know what I mean back there? I mean, you're back there in the in the midst of it all a lot. So yeah, I don't think. I don't think you ever want to try to escalate a situation. You know what I mean? Like, I, I always pump, try to do my best to, like, pump the guy something up, happens man. and you get into it with a guy, you know, Bubba's going to go nuts about it anyway. You know, he'll be MF and whoever. And, like, you don't want to jump on and be like, yeah, yeah, screw that guy. He's like, all right, you know, don't worry about it. Let's go. Just get back in the rhythm here. Take a deep breath, whatever. But, um, yeah, so I don't, you know, and obviously we've talked about this before. You say stuff in the heat of the moment that you don't obviously mean or, or, or you regret later. So that's probably – up there on Cliff's list, but I don't. I mean, that's what we've said about it before. Like you used to be able to outthink these guys, and now you have to outbutthole them. It's it's the way the racing is in this package. I mean, I was texting Corey LaJoy about this. I was texting Alex Bowman about this, and I'm talking about before Daytona. Like something happened with us at uh, you know in Bowman when when uh, Hamlin wasn't able to be there that race. We got ran over. We talked about it on the, on the podcast. Like you're racing like such buttholes out there that you can't cut each other breaks like you used to. It's crazy. Anyway. Yeah, you, it's just how it is, man. Like Cliff, sorry we hurt your feelings and, and Jimmy, I'm glad you didn't wreck us. Pump your Den- guy Den- up. Denny man. got us for you. So I mean you might yeah, you might not like racing against us, but man, pump him up to, to get around us. Not you know, I don't know. Hey, each your own. Yeah. Do it how you want. Leader AJ Almondinger blocks Ross Chastain and causes a wreck on the Final lap of the Xfinity Series. What race. an idiot! Spot on. Way to go, Freddie! Oh. Stop trying to be like me again. See, you guys trying to be Freddie, like what, me. What you got on this one? You guys <laughs> keep trying to be like me, and then you make then you make spot on or spot off. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I don't. I mean, I don't really know. We just uh, can't say I don't put know. Put too much. Oh, you said I was trying to be like you. <laughs> literally, uh, literally, Freddie. TJ's first words in this segment I were, know. "I don't know." <laughs> I don't know. True. I do uh, not know. You know, I think uh, the biggest well, now you thing, know. we just didn't we didn't <laughs> block as aggressively as we should have because we just put a little too much faith in the guy that we didn't think was going to attempt that move. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> yeah. You, how had to work, work out for either one of us. <laughs> you two are the only two on the roof that think that, by the way. <laughs> the rest of us knew what was getting ready to happen. <laughs> oh, I kind of I kind of saw it coming. but And I was, I was actually, like, telling him to get down. And I think AJ just really – Trusted. I just I think he just trusted him way too much. You know what I mean? And and I, you know I don't fault Ross Ross for wanting a race. And obviously he wants to win a race. He's got his own sponsors. He's got to take care of. But you know they they we had the same scenario at Talladega when we were racing Ross for a hundred thousand dollars, and and we just pushed Ross to the line. We didn't even attempt to make any run, any pass at him. And I think AJ was probably looking for that in return here, and and didn't get it unfortunately. Should have hooked him. And I mean I just don't know. You know. Like when Ross got to that point, like he had two options. It was either finish second or wreck us. And 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 probably and when he you, definitely you, didn't pick you, he definitely didn't pick finish second. If you <laughs> if why. you wreck us, you're yeah. probably gonna wreck yourself. So now you've just given away your chance to win the race also. But you know, I don't know. It well, was, I mean, it, he's looking at it like this. When he got there, you had two options. Finish second or wreck both of you. <laughs> I mean, I was in front of him. When you so were, wait. when you have an accident on the racetrack, I mean on the road and you run on the back of a guy, whose fault is it? 
Depends. <laughs> nah, don't depend. <laughs> it's did, always the guy in the back's fault. Did he drive through you or did he hook you? No, he drove through the back. He hit us in the back. Okay. I was going to say, because two weeks ago, that was about the same part of the inside, you know, bump. The, the, the corner, it, the corner the of the bumper. Is the quarter bumper? <laughs> <laughs> about two weeks ago, that was the same thing. It's, it's For me, this is 50% on AJ for being lazy with a block. 50% on Ross for being super aggressive. But we already know Ross is going to be super aggressive. But I literally split the blame on this one. Like I, I wanted Ross to win the race. His sponsor well, wanted him to win the race. Um, <laughs> look, I mean, his sponsor was kind of upset that he wrecked you. Hit him. I'm, Hit him. Oh, like, I know. His sponsor's a little <laughs> upset that he wrecked you. Um, but, but I wasn't because, I mean, you're trying to win the race. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean and, and people. So here's how stupid fans are. They're 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 text tweeting me going, oh, you got a up race car. Guess what? You think Chris Rice is worried about tearing up a race car? He's really not. Like, he wants to win the race. He wants his guys to try to win the race. Did he want to finish one, two, three? Absolutely. But guess what? His car still won. Had Haley not won, Chris Rice would have lost his (sighs) ever-loving mind. But, people, it's not your job as fans to sit home and worry about teams having to spend money to build a new car. This isn't that guy that complains every single time. Jimmy Joe John Martin, whatever his name is. What's his name? Tommy Joe Martin. Tommy Joe John Martin. (laughs) That guy complains every week that he gets a tire rub because, oh, God, it cost me $50,000. Hey, buddy, if you can't afford to be here, stay home. And that's the way Chris Rice runs that company. He is spending a lot of money to put competitive cars on the track. And if you tear two up, guess what? He's got two more at home. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 the cars were fast. Everything. I mean, the race was – there was a couple times – that race was t- awful. Obviously, I mean, there was nobody left. There was nobody talking? left at the end I of that race. I was on my couch, and I, you know what? So I had this. Is how I watched the race. I was actually in my my chair at my desk, and I had it on TV, and I had it on SMT, so I could keep an eye on, like, watch what people were doing and runs and stuff. And I didn't even know the Xfinity series had SMT. Yeah. So I'm I'm watching it on there, and you could you obviously I knew it was happening, and I had also had uh, my phone scanning channel radios. So go ahead. I know, I gotta do a lot, sorry. Fred's looking at you like, what? So I've got a lot going on here, but, you know, I, I I was super impressed with AJ, how AJ handled this after the race. AJ, and in my, like, to me, it's not really, I don't really do it 50-50. To me, if you leave the door open on the last lap of a race, you know, no matter what, a guy, a guy's gonna take it, man. He's paid to pass the guy in front of him. That's his job, is to pass that guy. How aggressive he wants to be at it is up to the driver, but... AJ, you need to set the tone. Look, this move's not here. Like you're not, you're not. And everyone knows, like watching Ross that whole race. Ross was super aggressive that entire race. He like, finally, his spotter finally stepped up. <laughs> well, I mean, so you knew if the door was cracked open, Ross was going to push it open. Yep. So you know, you got it. You just got to know, yeah, man. I, a guy that he needs to win, just, man. Just talking, just talking with AJ. You know, he texted me after, as soon as I, I probably wasn't even back at the hotel yet. He said, "You suck." He yeah, said, thanks a lot. He said, "Thanks a lot." Said, I, I need Ross's wrecked. I need Ross's Wish guy. Wish I had somebody else. Um, <laughs> no, and I think, I think, I think his his Gary only was right. His, his only regret <laughs> was just not not blocking more aggressively because I think, like he said, I think he just trusted. I like if I think it's, if the roles are reversed and that's the eleven back there, the eleven never even attempts to pass us. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think. That's yeah. kind of what was running through J- AJ's head. If you're a sponsor and you're looking to get into NASCAR and you're looking at the Xfinity Series, you'd be crazy not to go sponsor AJ Almendinger in this college car. He contends to win every single race that he's in. And, and look, every rumor that we're hearing is that Justin Haley is leaving Xfinity and getting in one of those Spire Cup cars. If that plays out that way, 
that means Chris Rice is going to have to make a decision on who he's putting in this car. I know who I'd put in this car. I'd put A.J. Allmendinger because A.J. has had opportunities in his career many times, and he's managed to screw them all up. Now he'd have an opportunity to get in something, and he's mature enough. Yeah. He used to be the worst teammate you could ever ask for in the Cup Series. He was horrible to work with. I've had the guy on my team before. He is not that way anymore. He truly is. If that had been roles reversed, AJ would not have wrecked Ross. Um, nah, he'd have been a great. He'd have been a great teammate. And I don't we, know what happened. We, we to did the it guy. at Talladega. We did it. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say he's already <laughs> been in that scenario, and it paid Freddie a hundred thousand dollars. Well, no, right. no, we lost a hundred thousand because yeah, of I know, it. but they, they gave it to oh, you. Oh, they gave it to me. Yeah, and you wrecked the seven you because you were <laughs> yeah. so nice. That's what they do. They give the money to the spotters. But 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 the thing is, like, buy new Toyotas. He, this is an opportunity. If 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 you're listening and you have a little bit of money, call Chris Rice. Put AJ in the car. You'll be happy you did it. And tell him to get the spotter race while you're, while you're a- there. AJ's definitely matured a lot. AJ, there's two guys that are AJ and Scott Speed both got put into really tough situations when they're at the very beginning of their cup careers. And uh, it's really hard. It, and Casey even struggled there too. And Casey was a that Casey was great, you know. And yeah, you know they both got put into tough situations. Never, neither one really had a chance to excel there, and they had to take other paths or whatever. But I think those are two guys that. I thought Scott had just started to figure it out when he got pulled out. He had just started figuring it out a little bit, and then AJ got put in there, I believe, right? Yep. Yeah. And um, even AJ, it was a it was a short clock on him there. It was a struggle. Yeah. So he and, a, he and AJ came in together, right? Uh, they came in right around and the same Vickers time. Vickers took Vickers. No, Vickers and Speed started that deal. Yeah. Right. And then, and then AJ it was AJ came and Casey. Out of like Indy Lights, right? AJ came in from IndyCar. IndyCar. He, he was. I think he. Just finished second in the championship, and it came down to the last race or something like that. I mean, I remember the interview they did at like Road Mid Ohio or something. He's like, he just won a race, and it was coming down to the last race, and he's like, "You're not winning this championship, not on my home turf or something." Like, first he was time I fired up, met AJ Amendinger. He was leaving the gym at Daytona, so so Daytona infield, Daytona bus lot where all the drivers park. There's a gym in there, and he was leaving, and it was the July race, I think. And he was like, "This is a way harder than I thought it was going to be." Which is a oh, yeah. call. And, and yeah. I think everybody gets to the Cup Series and realizes yeah, that. Like, and yeah. like, like you guys said, I mean, he's been great to work with. I think we were averaging before last the Friday night, I think we were averaging like a fifth, sixth place finish, something like that this year. I mean, we've been super competitive. He's been, uh, Coleman Presley had told me before this, because I knew he spotted for him. So I just said, hey, you know, what's it like working with AJ? He said, man, you're never going to find somebody more appreciative of what you do for them, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and it's played out. I mean, I'm telling you, every race before I'm usually back or not long after the race is over, he'll usually shoot a text, say, whatever, terrible job, you suck. Um, I wish I get <laughs> somebody different. Honest. I wish I get somebody different for the copy next one. Copy and paste that in there, probably. But, yeah, it's probably just copy and paste. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, so dude, he's been a pleasure to work with, and I'd love to see him go full time and maybe get a chance to work with him again next year. I, I like AJ. He's a great dude. Time to hit the gas and take our experience speed from the track to the studio. Let's jump into our weekly fast lane segment where we'll ask six questions and time each person to see who can answer the fastest and how many they can get right. You ready to go Xfinity fast? Freddie, you're up first. Great. Where did Bubba Wallace start at Daytona? 20th. Who was the highest finishing fourth on Saturday? Not me. Me either. No idea. Hurry up. Who finished second in the Xfinity Series race? Uh, Greg Galding. 
They did? The Statue of Liberty was a gift from what French. country? France. <laughs> French. <laughs> Which country did Justin Bieber come Canada. from? Canada. Why did I get that question? Because you get it right. How many legs does a spider Eight. have? You're a genius. <laughs> well, thanks for making it look good there, Jason. Was it Blaney? Yeah, Blaney finished high sixth. All right. Uh, Freddie's correct answer is Bubba started 21st, so you're one off there, and Blaney, yep, did finish P6, highest forward. All right, Brett's turn. Brett, huh. ready? Yeah, what's up? Where did Clint Boyer finish stage two at Daytona? Third. Which drivers scored their first top five finish of 2020 on Saturday? Bubba. What year did William Byron win an Xfinity Series race at Daytona? 2017. Who invented the light bulb? That Einstein guy. I mean, really? <laughs> Einstein. What does the first A in NASA stand for? Aeronautical. <laughs> Aeronautical. You are a number. <laughs> what'd you say? Casey, what'd you say? <laughs> what is the lowest prime number? One. Prime. I like prime steak. Is that four? That's uh, two. No. And then That's Thomas right. Edison invented the light bulb. I said it, Thomas Edison. No. And then it by itself. the first A in NASA is for aeronautics. How many did I get right? <laughs> you got four right. I got all the hard ones right. F*** you guys. Actually, you got, you got all the easy ones right. Actually, you got three right. Sorry. Oh, I wasn't correct. Freddie is the leader in the clubhouse. I thought the set first A was aeronautical. You said That's, which was wrong. Dude, I was with you guys. We only take your first answers. Yeah, that's right. Put your foot down in there. Crush boy in the office in here. TJ. <laughs> There's no way Jason has ever had on a pair of shoulder pads. Or crushed anybody. I played soccer when I was growing up. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, shin, pads. shin pads. Tough guy. <laughs> and he laid down most of the time holding his shin. You kicked me. You kicked okay, me. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> TJ, ready? Yeah. Which driver, sorry, which car did Joey Logano start next to on Saturday? Uh, Truex. Great start. Which driver led the second most laps on Saturday? Joey. Suarez. No. Which Junior Motorsports car finished highest in the Xfinity Series race? Didn't they all wreck? Uh, uh, Michael Annette. Just giving out answers. What did colonists dump into the Boston Harbor? Tea. Which animal is the tallest in the world? Giraffe. How many teeth does the average adult human have? There's no chance he gets this right. Holy <laughs> No chance he gets this right. 24. All right, Freddie, congratulations. You got four right. TJ only got three right. Man, I tied you for first. Always thinking fast here on Door Bumper Clear, and so was Austin Dillon because he was smart enough to lay back and get a huge run on the field and post this week's fastest lap of the race in Daytona. He won the Xfinity's Fastest Lap Award. You know something else that's fast? Xfinity X5. It's more than speed too, TJ. It's reliable, it's secure, so you're safe and connected throughout your entire home. Speaking of Xfinity, follow at Xfinity Racing on Twitter and stay connected with exclusive behind-the-scenes NASCAR content. Shout out to Xfinity, premier partner of NASCAR and our podcast. Every hey, hey, Noah Gregson, unfollowed me on Twitter. Did I say something on this podcast that would have made him mad? I don't know. I, I don't know if he ever followed me, but if he did, he didn't. He unfollowed me also. TJ, does he still follow you? I don't know. 
He unfollowed me. He must. Got, uh, did we say something on here about him? Well, we talked about him running people over a couple month ago or so. Well, I don't run people over. No, my feelings are hurt, man. Hey, I mean, I, you know, I will give Noah credit. I haven't been a big fan of the way he races this year, but I'll give him credit because he got a lot of people talking about a Xfinity Series contract extension. No, right? he, he, he unfollowed TJ, too. I don't know if he ever followed me. Oh, oh he 100% followed you. <laughs> Did he? We're getting him on this f***ing show, Jason. Find out when he can come on the show. Is he here now? We're going to find out when his little pansy wow. ass oh, yeah, we need to ask, all three We of need us. to ask him in person. Yeah, get I don't want to show. I was going to text him, but we need to just ask him. Be like, hey, you know, we're busy next. No, week. we're not booked up. But delete a section <laughs> and put this guy on our show. <laughs> but how many? Who the hell knows something? How many teeth we got, Freddie? <laughs> I, I would. I was hey, gonna, nobody know that. I was forty-eight, twenty-six, or so. thirty-two is the answer. Wow, I got forty-eight. I chew up some. <laughs> I though. figure five side each, five aside, <laughs> and each you know top and bottom. So, but it was, uh, then oh. Brad started next to you on Saturday, TJ, and then Kyle Busch held the second most laps. Hmm. Yeah. TJ, are you a free agent next year? Are you signed up for? Uh... I have not signed anything yet. Oh, all right. Let's what start. About you? Yeah, me. I don't, dude. I don't have a job. My phone ain't ringing. Freddie, where are you going next? People year? unfollow me on Twitter that <laughs> I thought. I'm people unfollow me. I thought. Well, I mean, me. we all know what Freddie's doing. Look in the parking lot. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm gonna... Can you see Freddie driving a big old Prius? <laughs> Freddie, what are we getting? Is there now? such oh, thing as a great. big old Prius? That's why I said it that way. <laughs> did you get a um, Did you get a card for like uh, JJ's or anything yet? <laughs> Speaking of that, do you know Freddie, what closed down in Freddie, Mooresville? Are those Air Jordans? Yeah. Are those Air Jordans you're wearing today? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Hey, Freddie got in trouble, Dillner, for me uh, for me saying last week that it, that, that Adam Stern was hinting Michael Jordan was coming. Freddie got called to the carpet. I didn't get called. I was just happened to be there. But they said, what in the hell did you say on the show today? I'm like, I didn't say anything. I said, Brett might have said something, but I didn't say shit. I'm out. I don't know nothing. That's why nobody's calling me. That's my pre-recorded excuse, too. I didn't say anything, but Brett might have said something. (laughs) So If something wrong got said, it was probably Brett. I had nothing to do with it. The best part about that is is they already know that it's probably true. And we're good. They don't even question you. Yeah, you're right. right. See you later. Have a good day. You guys are welcome. And that's why I keep my mouth shut when all the rumors uh, are spreading. You guys, you guys are welcome. Some rumors, man. There's a lot of rumors out there. <laughs> They're starting to grow. When in doubt, just blame Brett. Yeah. Ask DBC. Send in your questions 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag AskDBC. First question is from Beasley Randy. Uh, do y'all agree with the rookie of the year point system since Cole Custer wins by advancing to the playoffs? Should he be rookie of the year when Reddick and Bell could have had a better average finished finish? This Brett. This was going to be my rant. Yeah. Because looking go, at you go first. Well, oh, I well, saw TJ, the rookie go points first. going into this, and Reddick had a pretty hefty lead. One hundred and three. He had a pretty Ooh. good lead. He fought all year. To build that lead, he gone for absolutely nothing, like for nothing. Maybe that's why he threw that block, trying to win rookie of the year. I mean, but he was up there to throw that block, though. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is I completely hate this. backwards. I hate this. They should battle it out until the end. Who knows? He might go and struggle the next ten races and Custer catch him, and then they then they have a, a rookie battle, right? This how 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 do you decide this, a rookie this, battle? This, this is important to me because I happen to win rookie of the year two times in the same division back in my home track at Riverhead. And uh, you yourself driving? I, yeah. What, what idiot allowed that to happen? <laughs> was your dad the commissioner? Uh, Just I, don't, it out I there. think they forgot that I raced one year. Like the, so, we go to the banquet, right? I ran in uh, like 2000, maybe. 
And then I took a year or two off, and I came back and ran in like 03 or 04, I think it was maybe. And I'm at the banquet, hammered. Like, just, I no. have, there's no reason no for me way. to pay any attention. You're lying. <laughs> and they go, all right, figure eight rookie of the year. And they start naming off the sponsors. Figure eight rookie of the year. <laughs> they're like, they're like, start naming off the sponsors. And I'm like, those are, those are my sponsors. Who the hell, who the hell won rookie of the year? And they're like, Freddie Kraft. I'm like, what the hell? I won this two years ago. Like, how the hell you went to the same division? Dude? I'm like, okay, thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> I actually, I actually have a NASCAR, like, a, they used to actually, a handful of years ago, and actually, meant something to get one um, i always remember uh when i first moved down here i went with somebody we went and uh hell i might have ride with him i don't want to it was a goodies dash race rookie of the year then i drove the same car as he did afterwards um shame meal but i remember seeing him on his mantle he had that rookie of the year trophy i was like man that thing's really cool man I, it'd be awesome to win one of them well i got an opportunity to win one i did win it but i was racing against a guy that was had been racing in the goodies dash series for years but he only ran like five or six races a year it was eric wilson you remember him no. he was a fabricator um he was a fabricator really good fabricator but he raced and he built he only ran the speedway races but because he only ran five or six races a year he had like 30 starts but he was running for rookie of the year you know and i'm i went from a street stock at concord to a goodies dash series car at daytona and i'm, I'm like pure rookie to him at that point but i ended up stomping him for rookie of the year so <laughs> i felt good to earn that trophy yeah. but but i mean this but going back to the the question like this i think this is asinine like you're basically yeah. giving out a one race award like you know because yeah, what if man. what if this i mean obviously what if, you know there's a thousand what ifs and yeah i know what you're gonna say about something about frogs and wings or something like that bumping their butts <laughs> but um you know like what if this is somebody else who's another rookie like it pulls off a win at Daytona. John Hunter, you know, like not yeah, but I was going to say somebody even like lower, like like the sixth best rookie gets a rookie a win at Daytona. And he's three hundred points. Yeah, Quinn Huff. If if all thirty forty nine car, whatever we got cars, Ray wreck and Quinn Huff won Daytona, like he's going to be the rookie of the year just, now because he's think, the only one that won. Think about race. it this way: Justin Haley, had he been full time in Cup when he won the rain delayed race at Daytona, automatic, he would have been rookie of the year with a car that didn't run lead lap for eighty percent of the races. Yeah, um, this is an asinine rule. This needs to change. Where is the worst Cole Custer could finish in points? Sixteen. I don't think so. What do you mean? Right. No, yeah, he's 16th. He can't go anywhere. He can't go worse. It, it resets, 16th. but it, you're still thousands of points ahead of the guys. You're Don't still make the 16th. Yeah, the worst he can finish is 16th, no matter what. Now, yeah, you can. It doesn't you matter. Can move after the play in the because, playoffs, because I can. If I get kicked out of round one, I can still finish top 10 in points. Yes, so because Jimmy, I'm locked in. Jimmy could have 300 more points than Cole Custer at the end of the year, but he's still going to be 17th. And you yeah. know what I mean. So, like, so that so here's the thing: Cole Custer is going to be top 16. And Reddick is not. I guess that's their thinking. Yeah, that's their thinking. That's their thinking. That's right, because you're going to get, like, whatever they reset it to now, two or 3,000 points plus the playoff points. So that'll be the, the like, Colt, Reddick's that's got to be their, you know, their reason. He doesn't have 1,000. Because so. you can't, at the end of the year, they don't want somebody that doesn't understand what we do all year, which would include me at this point, the rate we change stuff, um, that you see on paper that Cole Custer was 16th, Reddick was 17th, yet Reddick won Rookie of the Year. That has to be their there only should, thinking. There should just be like a. I remember. I don't. I thought they used to do this, and I'm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I know they do it with the modifieds. There used to be a separate rookie point standing. I hate to say this, but the Ray Bestus Rookie of the Year program was phenomenal because we had so many rookies coming in. Then we went through years where we didn't. We had guys like Kevin Conway that couldn't pass gas. 
He he literally couldn't pass gas, much less pass a car on the racetrack. That's and when it yet, lost. And yet its he's appeal. winning Rookie of the Year, and and we lost the Ray Bestis program, and and the Rookie of the Year lost its luster. But then this year, it's great. You had three badasses coming in here racing for it, yeah. And now with ten races to go, when it was the most relevant it's been in years, it's now irrelevant because you already know it's who over. won. Yeah, this was a good rookie class to have too to Phenomenal be racing each other. Rookie so. Class. And it used to really be. Remember Dale Junior. Matt Kenseth. Yes. Yeah, Remember I, Tony Stewart, Elliot Sadler. Like they were, they were rookies coming in. That man, you're like, hey, these things are they're hot shoes. And and now we're back to that. That's a good thing. But don't make the rookie of the race, the rookie of the year race, go completely away with ten to go. Yeah, I, I was looking forward to this, and honestly, Reddick has earned. Reddick's earned it right now. To yeah. this point, he's earned it. Yeah. I know. I know Cole's won a race. And nothing against that, but Cole has earned himself a shot at the championship. He's I, been beat all year by Tyler Reddick. Basically. I could be wrong, but Dell Jr. won two races as a rookie and lost rookie of the year, didn't he? To Matt Kenseth? He lost rookie of the year to Matt yeah. Kenseth, yeah. And he won two races. If yeah. anything warranted you winning rookie of the year, it should be winning two races. Well, he, won, won none. he won the all-star race, which is a non-points race. Right, but yeah, but race. he still yeah. won, won stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they should make it a – let the drivers vote on rookie of the year. Who do they think the rookie of the year is? Quinn Hoff. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, I think the point that guy pitted from the top lane again. The, the other point night. system they showed, oh, yeah. the point system they showed before that race was right. You're adding them up all year, making them earn it. In my opinion, that's that's yeah. the way they should. They shouldn't cut off the rookie of the year right here. They should continue to earn points from their finishing position to see who the true rookie, who had the better year. You know, I know Cole won a race, but. He could have finished thirty fifth the other races, and he's still the rookie of the year. That's yeah. I mean, come on now. Next question is from Larry Spiegel. One, what has been your all-time favorite Darlington throwback? Uh, the motorhome on pit road. <laughs> <laughs> Wheel. 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 Uh, my mine was probably the Adam Petty uh, throwback we did last year. I thought that was that was pretty cool. TJ. It's hard for me to pick just one because there's been some really good schemes that have that keep coming out. And actually, they, they're still doing a good job of posting schemes now. I think one thing, does it have to be, does it say Cup Series only? or No. So I think uh, there's some trucks that I've seen posted here for Darlington that are coming up that, uh, man, they, may, they look good, man. I've seen a, a couple of the GMS trucks look really good, I think. Um, I haven't seen any of them. They look they look phenomenal, but I, I don't know. I, I really like. I don't know. It's so hard to pick one, man. It's man, so hard. You talk about trucks. How about did you watch that race yesterday at all? Uh, the bowling, the bowling of China shot, uh, getting the lead. Gillen's, you know, Gillen's on the playoff bubble. Now he's gone out. He dominates the whole race and a restart. Sheldon Sheldon's Gray already just launches it on in. the bottom and wrecks him. <clears throat> yeah, Ooh. and take, now it's like he. Uh, Gillen was probably going to win the race and lock in, yeah, the best or truck. he was going to have a huge gap. Like his, uh, the kid I spot for, Derek Krause, was chasing him. Right. So Gillen wins the first two stages. That's 20 points. Derek didn't get any. So now the gap was like had to be probably close to 30. And then whatever the difference was, he was going to gain probably another 10 or 15 in finishing the race, you know, if he didn't win. And uh, so we were probably looking at coming out of there like 40-something points back, and now I think we're like, 15 again or wow. 13 to 14 something like that but sheldon's already got a win as well he's got multiple wins wow these throwbacks are uh they're cool man uh selfishly and i try not to be a selfish guy um seeing kyle bush run this throwback elliott Sadler scheme is going to be special i mean i think we ran that in like 03 uh seeing the city financial car that elliott won in 
uh, with one main on the side a few years ago that, that I have been a part of for a long time. Like, I guess I'm so old that I'm, I'm able to run the paint scheme and then 15, 20 years later, I'm getting to run the paint scheme again or see the paint scheme again as a throwback. <laughs> um, super, super cool. Uh, Elliot texted me this morning and, and asked me, did I know this was going to happen? And, and I did not, I did not know it until I saw it on Twitter. And, uh, Elliot already had two throwbacks in the field that, that are going to happen in the, in the Xfinity series. And now to have a cup car in the field, I know he had. I know him well enough to know that he had tears in his eyes when he saw that this morning. So the best season of his life was at Robert Yates Racing. Uh, we all have talked about how great of a person Robert Yates was. Doug Yates obviously continuing on his legacy now, building some of the best engines in the business that TJ and I still have the privilege to run. But uh, that's going to be a pretty special scheme to see. I mean, look, I grew up a Dale Earnhardt fan. You see that car out there. You think that's cool. I mean, I look at this freaking late model on the table and think it's cool. Um, but to have a personal connection with the driver, with the paint scheme, to have won races in that car in the Cup Series, to have made the first ever chase uh, in that paint scheme with that car, uh, that's pretty freaking cool for me to, to see that happen. Yeah. I love the Yates people, man. They're, the, the motors are awesome. The, the place is phenomenal. So it's cool to see the you know that get carried into your deal there and be special to go back there with it. Yeah. Like my rant is those three guys that thought they were doing it on the outside and that we're all saving fuel. <laughs> Me? No, not you. Oh, you were already up oh, there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about it's, the three it's, that are it's, in each other in the doors of the guys running half throttle. Idiots. It was like, like the, the 15 was leading it, wasn't it? Did you see? Idiots. The double zero catch the 19's quarter panel leaving the dogleg and about turned him head out of the wall. I did see that. I saw I did that. Not see that. I, I looked know. over at Clayton. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you just about got wiped out by it. Why? What are you doing? It's the same guy that wrecked everybody Talladega on the backstretch it getting was, lapped. The 15, the double zero, and the 51 decided he wanted a part of it, too. I don't even know who was in the 51 that race. Was it? Was that, that guy? Dave? I don't know. That Davidson. Gase probably. Oh, no, that was, uh, yeah, James Davidson. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean. He seems to be a real talent. <laughs> uh, I mean, why? Like, the 15 was aggressive with get like. Maybe he's getting in the 48. <laughs> gosh, man, chill. <laughs> We're all half throttled just trying not to wreck and save fuel. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> that was the first chance they got to pass somebody. So, I, so I'm excited. like, I'm like, okay, these guys are maybe they're one lap down trying to be the lucky dog or something here. They, they're after something, and I'm and I ask, and he's like, nah, like 37, 38th, like multiple down. I'm like, oh, okay, so this, what are we doing here? My so. rant's a good rant. I'm a man. You couldn't have asked for a better track to finish your regular season, and you couldn't ask for three better tracks to start the playoff. We're going to Darlington. Great history, great surface, um, phenomenal racetrack, just a, a driver's racetrack. And then you leave there and you got Richmond and Bristol on tap, two short tracks. If you get mad at somebody at Richmond, you got a chance to pay them back at Bristol. And these guys are so nice to each other that if they get mad at Richmond and they go to Texas, they don't want to wreck the, the guy running 200 miles an hour. They'll wreck them at Bristol. Like this is an opportunity for us to see three great races, uh, a lot of mental Things can happen for, for all these guys. And, and you still got guys out there racing for a lot that aren't in this playoff. I mean, and obviously Jimmy Johnson is the first one that comes to mind. Clearly, he doesn't want to go out winless on his last year of driving. You Clearly, know, he don't cars. want you to win either. No, I, was, <laughs> I hope he doesn't send me in the first three races and put me out of this freaking thing. But um, just the, the, the thought process that has gone into aligning these tracks for the championship is spot on phenomenal. Round one, boom, 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 can't wait. 
Yeah, like we talked about that, I think, at the beginning of the year, the way the schedule is going to lay out. A lot of short tracks as cutoff races. That Daytona race was crazy, you know, putting the emphasis on winning. I mean, yeah, but talk about winning. How about old Kyle Larson? Buckle in, still and, buckle in and win. Just buckle in and win. Just get that. You know what? I'm going to try super late model racing now. Had never been in one and, and posted the fastest lap day one. Yeah. And then the second night out, goes and wins the race. Yeah. yeah he finished. He hit the wall off turn four the last lap, coming to the checker and lost the spot. But he was going to finish third or fourth that yeah. race. I don't remember what he did. But then buckle he wins. in and win. <laughs> and then I saw he's going to go run a, an IMCA modified out in California. Is he? Is that real? I don't know. I, didn't I saw Kenny Wallace post something. A, that, I saw somebody say he's going to win a, a NHRA event before this year's over. <laughs> he Good is. Lord. I, I look. So Jacob <laughs> Seelman has been like kind of tracking this stuff. If you don't follow Jacob, he's like a statistician, awesome kid. Um, does a lot of announcing over oh, at Millbridge yeah, and stuff. And 48 starts. Kyle Larson's average finish. Guess what it is? Two. Second. 1.8. <laughs> yeah. So Kyle Larson. He may be end up being as good as this Cindric kid that's doing that. Let's finish the first and second every week. <laughs> He's doing good at it. Uh, he was building a new house, and when he builds his next new house, he's going to need an even bigger trophy room because of this. He's so, going to need a trophy house. Yeah, this this is uh, – Hey, listen to me. He's a racer, listen, man. Listen to me. He sold more merchandise this past weekend than Elliot Sadler sold the weekend that he won Texas in a cup car. Oh, I mean, and Elliot I'm Sadler sure sold ridiculous. over. He sold six figures. This guy is slinging t-shirts. Like I've always heard. Well, imagine what he's made for the I've year. I've always heard that Donnie Shots. I mean, is a million dollar a year souvenir guy. Like if he's a million dollars a year, th- what what's Larson slinging in t-shirts? As you you you'll probably know more of this. Why is it such a bigger deal? Like I feel like that that. That T-shirt apparel deal on the Boy, dirt, you, the World you Outlaws. Can't wait for me to answer this one, please. I know. Ask. I'm asking you. Like, wh- how does it get? Is it because they're doing it themselves? You think? So here's the deal: when you sign a cup contract, you sign over your ability to license your own name and car number. So what happens is, the 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 team owns that right. Then the team farms that right out. So so let's just say, Freddie, we wanted to sell T-shirts at Charlotte Motor Speedway. They charge you ten thousand dollars to come park your souvenir trailer. That's a lot of money. So now you got to sell $20,000 in shirts just to pay for your $10,000 spot. Now you're broke even. In addition to that, they charge you 25% of sales back to the racetrack. So now for every dollar you make, 25% is going to the track. Can you lie about your sales? Probably. But guess how they park the trucks? Whoever paid the most in sales a year before gets to pick first. So when you look at the overhead that is affiliated with these cup guys, the cup guys are making three cents on the dollar. And there ain't any dollars to be made until everybody else gets paid. You have minimum guarantees on guys like Dale Jr., guys like Chase Elliott. But guys like William Byron, he ain't going to sell enough. Dude, he, he ain't going to – like Elliott Sadler's top year as a race car driver, as an M&M's driver who, oh, by the way, sold a lot of shirts because everybody loves M&M's. Everybody loved Elliott Sadler. He's winning. He's making playoffs. It was 8% of his gross revenue as a race car driver. You look at Donnie Schatz, he's making more selling T-shirts because he owns the trailer – he owns the T-shirts. He's getting all of the profit margin. He's not just getting paid a royalty. So that's how they make all that money on yeah. that. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you go to a dirt track and you see there are lines. For Kyle's, even at the Majorys, there were lines for hours. The coolest part so you is you his, made wife, a bunch his wife, that. Caitlin, is the one selling them. Like yeah. Caitlin, and Patrick, Caitlin and Patrick. Patrick works for Kyle Larson Racing. Those are the two people that are literally 
selling you your T-shirt. What a great mom-and-pop operation. It tells probably you how much. Probably can't keep them in stock. Dude, and, and they got a couple volunteers that come out, probably throw them a little bit of cash to help them. Like, it's, that's how cool it is, man. And, and, and I think it just speaks to how – it speaks to the people – that are saying, I respect what you're doing as a race car driver. I want a Kyle Larson T-shirt. Every time Kyle says, yes, I'm going to go drive something else, he is opening up the window for a whole other T-shirt line. <laughs> Everything he goes and runs is going to have a not T-shirt. not only that, like I think we, we, we miss part of the marketing aspect of it is look at all these people that are going to be walking around in your T-shirt. If I go to a yeah. racetrack, you know, we, we buy this shirt for 75 cents probably from China, right? And then by the time it gets in the consumer's hand, it's a $30 T-shirt. Um, and there's so many people with their hand in the pot. Like, but look at how great it is for all those people oh, to be walking around. I mean, we with go sponsor when, stuff on. When we go to the Chili Bowl, you know, the one year we went to the Chili Bowl, I bought I don't even know. I mean, four or five different team shirts. You know, obviously one of Chad's. Well, I think you yeah, brought me one. Of, I, I brought you one. Of the I think it's down to an extra extra small by now. But um, <laughs> you know, but I feel like it's just way more. People are way more into it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I don't. I don't know. It just seems like a whole different atmosphere. DBC picks. What are we Brett, picking you won for, Daytona man? With Bubba, I won. Now, Boom. Regular season's over. Brett's leading ten to nine to I seven. Get something from that. Now we'll reset the uses for the playoffs. You want a trophy for winning the regular season championship? Yep. Did Freddie win Rookie of the Year? Good luck. <laughs> Who's going first? <laughs> I go first. Oh, that's what he said. You're three back. You can't afford to screw so, this up. He said the reset, man. Yeah. No, it's not reset. The drivers <laughs> are reset. <laughs> you did? Would you get stage points? Yeah, <laughs> carried them over. <laughs> Um, you know, Darlington. I'm gonna go Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin. You planning on rain? <laughs> Kevin Harvick. Wow. Kevin Harvick has accumulated the, the most points, courtesy of Jordan Bianchi, who writes for the Athletic. Kevin Harvick has accumulated 167 points over the last four races at Darlington, the most of any driver. Second, Brad Keselowski. Where does Freddie's rank pick rank? He's fifth. You ready for yours, TJ? Mine got wrecked. Chase Elliott, he's tenth. Mine got wrecked. Three last good time. picks. Good luck. I got to kick your ass. I got a bone to pick with old Gluck about that athletic deal. Why? What happened? It, it's a, like he'll post something on Twitter. You click the link. And then, like, it won't let me just read the article. i got to go out and back to the app and to read the, the article. I agree. I have to do that, too. <laughs> yeah. And if you go just the app, it's hard to find articles yeah. sometimes. All right, guys. Well, thank you, as always, for listening. Don't forget to share a link to the show. Send us tons of comments. And if Brett has been blocked or if Brett has blocked you, I'm really sorry. Just send us a screenshot, and we'll make sure he sees it. Please yeah, thanks for coming. I guess week, I got to go work on my resume. Hope y'all enjoyed this one. It was uh, (laughs) hopefully one of our best. See you guys. See ya. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.